Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Monet. That's how you pronounce Rich, I want you to give me one. Money. Is it money? Money. 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 Not even, it's not money. Money. It's not Monet. It's money. 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 We, we have to pronounce things properly. Oh, of course. Never, yeah, on this show. Yeah. We're not going to fuck around on this show. Money. 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 It's money. Say it, Rich. Rich Crage. I'm Rockin' Rich. He's Jammin' Joe. We got a great show for you. Blake Chop and Chair Shot are here. Yeah. We're ding, 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 ding. We got, like, yeah. bells ringing every time. Yeah, yeah. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? You went back with the money. Went back sure. with the money. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot when I when I went to the files. I just have it named as flagship intro dash January twenty twenty three, and I'm like, well, yeah, obviously that's that's the one I'm going to go with. Uh, and then I'm like, ah, minute twenty. That's a little long for our intro, but yeah, all right. I guess you know. And I forgot halfway through that it was the money one, and I was like, oh, that must be infuriating for some people. Uh, but uh, it seemed Good. to be some people seem to love it. So uh, there were I, we did say if a few people complained. Uh, we were going to make it 8% longer every single I did not actually follow up on that because uh, some of you tricksters thought that it'd be funny to tell me you didn't like it, even though I knew deep down you did actually like it. So You can't trust these listeners. That's the bottom line. They're, they're also masochists. Like they, they, when, when we even said the idea that we'll just have an entire show that's just two hours of money, like, there were a few that were like, you know what? I'm down to try it. You know, I, I'm I'm down to give it a shot. You know, I, I, I sat through the entire Goshiyazaki, you know, Kaz Fujita stare match. I mean, I could I could sit through an hour and 25 minutes of of money uh, in a row. But, you know, maybe maybe one day, maybe one day. Yeah, we've got some weird listeners. Well, we're, thank we're, you we're for supporting people. the show. Well, I mean, we're weird people, done. though. Of course, we would have weird yeah. listeners. Yeah, thank you all for supporting the show yes, and the Patreon. Weirdos. <laughs> you damn weirdos. All of you extremely weird people. Um, yeah, so I have a, uh, I've got this growth on my ear. <laughs> Go I, on. That sounds, that sounds worse than it is. I think I just have like a pimple on my, on my ear. So this is what it looks like. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those like before it forms the head. So it's just a red sore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's no way really to position the headset to where it's comfortable on that ear. And all right. So here's what I do when I wear my headset. Okay. I always have the headset on my left ear and I have the headset slightly off of my right ear because I don't like doing the audio with both of my ears covered 
with the headset. Well, you got to be ready in case someone tries to break into your house. Well, I mean, that's, that's true, not a concern. That anymore. did happen but at that, one point. That happened many years ago. Yes. <laughs> You're battle ready. I, I, I like it. You got to be battle ready. You never know. So I don't, I don't like how my voice sounds with both of the ears covered. I also don't like the way my voice sounds with the right ear covered and the left ear with exposed. Okay. I know. I know that probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you try it, you will notice that there is a difference. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I'm just so uncomfortable right now because I cannot position this thing to where it's not pressing against my ear in such a way that it's irritating this growth that I have on my ear, which I believe is a pimple. And if it doesn't continue down the path of a pimple the next few days, I guess I should go get it checked out, but I'm pretty sure it's a pimple. So I just want to let you know, and I want to let everybody else know the pain I'm putting myself through. <laughs> this is, this is your Jordan flu game then I guess, right? It is to produce this championship audio. I could have just said, you know what, Rich, I'm not up to it tonight. I want to rest my ear. Yeah. Something has come up. I can't. What would you, would you say if you, would you earnestly say there's a pimple on my ear and I can't do the show? Or would you just say something came up? I would have said exactly what I just told you right now. Like I would have laid it all out. (laughs) And, but I'm suffering through this. Luckily, when I do the solo audio, I don't need to wear the headset. You see? Right, 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 right. Do Do you have earbuds possibly in the house that you could try? I do, but I hate the way earbuds feel. I, okay. It bothers me. Well, you got a lot of particulars here. Well, I, you know what? I'm trying to help, and you got all these particulars. One ear can't be covered. You don't like earbuds. I, you know, I don't know what to do. With this is we. We all know I'm a particular man. We all know that. Now, I, I, earbuds just don't work for me because I don't like the feeling of having things inside my ears. I just don't like it. So, um, some people go with earbuds. Some people go with the headphones. I'm a headphone guy. You know. Uh, Chris Russo was a headphone guy. Mike Francesa was an earbud yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm an earbud you know? guy, I guess. That's, uh, I hate that that's the reference that you made, and I have to be the Mike Francesa of this conversation. But, uh, I mean, he made a million dollars, multiple millions. That's fine. I'll take that. A million? A uh, million? Multiple, multiple, multiple millions. He had a million a year for a while there, I think, right? More than that, they were, he was up to like five million a year. That guy, have you seen his house on Long Island? I mean, on Long Island? Have you <laughs> do seen I, his do house? I have to live on Long Island, or can I get a big house somewhere else? No, he's got one in Florida too. Okay, that's a ball. Eh, eh, not great. Um, listen, so the point here is, I just want to let everybody know what I do to produce championship audio. You know, the ear pain. You know, the worst. I gotta tell you though, the worst like pimple I ever had was a couple of months ago. I had this gigantic pimple inside of my nostril. Oh, Not those the are the worst. The worst. I I, I was going to say, because I thought I, I went the direction that I'm sure everybody that listens to this show went. Here comes Joe telling us about some giant pimple he had on his dick or whatever. But no, you didn't. You went with what I was going to say. My reference is always for the worst pimple that I ever is is inside the nostril. If you've never had one there. Uh, count your blessings because it is it, it it's a, a day ruiner, a week ruiner. Your life's ruined. It's a disaster when you get that pimple inside your nose. It's it is. Quite honestly, besides things that are like that can cause you death, like, like, like actual for, real things that are bad, for, aside from like real, like serious illnesses, in terms of things that are harmless that can happen to you physically, I think it's the worst thing that could happen to you physically. Like, that's that's kind of harmless. 
This thing was so big, Rich, and you've had these inside your nose, so you know what you go through when you have one of these. Everything is a tr- like you feel like you constantly have to blow your nose, but if you blow your nose, it hurts. It it it's just it's the worst. This one was so big, it was blocking my the airflow into <laughs> you were my like nostril. Wheezing. You were wheezing out of your nose. And I'm like breathing out of one nostril. On top of that, it's the winter. I kind of was had like a cold kind oh, the of thing winter. going. Shut up, Texas boy. What's the what's the temperature by you right now? It it got as low as like 40. Oh, you okay? poor little thing. Oh so, man, wow. Okay. So the other nostrils got like the, the wintry mess inside of it. So now I can't breathe out of either nostril, right? So now I'm in the mirror trying to open up my nostril to pop this thing, but they you can't pop them when they're in there. They just, it's impossible. It was it's it really is the worst. Yeah, you got to get yeah, you got to get like tweezers or something, and that that's painful, man. That that's it's tough. So painful. And you're also going into blind. You're going to you're just trying to shove a, a tweezers up your nose to try to. It's not yeah. great. It, you're you're probably going to start ripping it. Some it's not going to go well. That's probably not a good idea either. They hurt even worse because the skin inside of your nose is more tender to begin. Oh yeah, with. yeah, very 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 sensitive. And now it's like because a pimple outside of your nose is bad enough. Any you know, but inside the nose. It really is like, you know, for it, it, it's awful. It's really awful. It, so that's worse than the one on my ear. The one on my ear doesn't even bother me unless I'm, you know, fighting through it to do this championship audio. Otherwise, <laughs> it's I wouldn't award, even, it's award-winning audio we're doing here. Yeah, I wouldn't even know it was there otherwise. But and 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 you know, I am being a bit of a diva because I could always just switch ears and put the headphone on my right ear and move the headphone off of my left ear, which I may do later. And I will update the audience because I know they want this to be well informed on this on 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 the status of my headphones. Okay, I may have to make that switch later if this pain becomes too intolerable. Okay, so I just want to let everybody know that. Don't worry about me. Don't be concerned. I'll let you know if I if I make the switch. Yeah, don't okay, don't Rich? send your letters just yet. Don't don't send your letters just yet. But uh, yeah, please keep yeah. me updated and uh, and and really just thank you more than anything. Thank you for for gutting through this. Um, I mean, you've done something for eleven years now. You can't change now. You can't change ears overnight. You can't just one day wake up and change ears. So I get it. I absolutely get it. It uh, sounds different. I, it's gonna throw me all off. I can't do it. It's have just, you? It doesn't sound. Different. Have you ever done any audio? I, I don't think so. Cause I, I I doubt you would have. But um, a lot of people like like the monitor in their ears where they'll put the headset in, and, then, and then you hear yourself in addition to hearing the other person. And I've had to do that a couple times. I remember when I did the, the podcast movement booth at uh, the first all in uh, the interview that I did with, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have to say the person's name. I don't know. Say the name. Was I, you know. Dave Lagana of lightning one productions, NWA at the time. Um, and they're like a professional audio operation. It's Westwood One and Podcast Movement or whatever. So these are real deal guys, real deal equipment and stuff. So they give me the, the, the headset and I know and I'm thinking, oh, man, they're going to have monitors, aren't they? For sure. And and I started talking and all of a sudden there I'm hearing my voice as I'm talking, as I'm trying to hear Dave, as I'm just. And then those guys are like, hey, is that all good? And I can't tell them no. I can't tell professional audio dudes. No, you hooked it up wrong. I, an asshole, don't like the way that most other people, you know, most professionals do their audio. So I just had to gut it. Got it. And, and the interview was still great. One of the best interviews of all time. Dare I say, you know, uh, wrestling interviews of all time. Just in, in, insightful uh, uh, stuff there, but hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. And then I've done that a few times as well, where I've done audio with other people and they've said, all right, you know, I've gone to 
locations. There's one time I did a, a show in a studio or whatever. My buddy used to have stuff hooked up for uh, the K&P show when, uh, when John and I used to do K&P show uh, on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. He has, you know, monitor stuff. So it would be the same thing. I'd talk and then, like, I'd hear myself in. And can you imagine? I don't want to hear no, myself. I, mean, I don't want to hear my. I don't like listening to the podcast in the first. You might not hate it, but it's at the same time. It's a little bit delayed. As no. you're talking, you're hearing yourself. There, it's 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 it it's a lot. I don't like. Why did, no, I, you should have just turned it off. I mean, you, you, I, I sometimes I do that by accident. There's a little setting on the mic, and it's it's. You, I can't do audio like that. You should have stood up to those podcast movies. Dan, you said Dan Franks talking. Just to said, you. listen. Listen, Dan Franks, get this <laughs> I audio Conrad turned to hit the bricks for this. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to play my mind game. I got yeah. Conrad in my DMs pissed at me because I, 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 told him yes. to, I told him to go shove it so I could do this. So you know what? You're playing by my rules here. I'm the guest and then right re- now. And then referring to us as those two podcasters on like 10 of his shows <laughs> after that. You know? Yeah. So she's bearing us to Tony Schiavone. He was no, I, I mean, Tony Schiavone has no clue. No clue. Yeah. He's just like, I, yeah. oh, yeah. All right. Like, so, so <laughs> you know, she used to said, you don't, yeah, you don't know what we've gone through. So you turn that off. I don't want to hear me. Yeah. You should have said that. You, this is typical Krejci though. You know, you don't stand up for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> it was not what I wanted at all. And I just did it anyway and gutted through it. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. What, what is that? I can't live life like that. <laughs> I didn't want confrontation. I already had Conrad mad at me. I didn't need everybody else mad at me too. So, you know, it's a grenade out there in, in, in Starcast. you know, you know, walking around, everybody hates me, uh, you know, everybody hates you. One, one guy, <laughs> the guy running the thing, <laughs> one guy. I love the passive-aggressive DM, though. Oh, I noticed you were in the lobby with podcast movement <laughs> after all your talk about not wanting to come. It's like, no, dude, we don't want to pay you to come. Yeah, I just don't want to pay you to do it. Uh, yeah, to be fair, he offered a free slot. After he did, that, he, did he, all, did, he did, he did, he did, he did. But, you know, that's because he wanted us to, to, to pipe down. He wanted us to pipe down. It was it was, it was, was essentially blood money. He wanted us to pipe down about the, the pay-for-play. So he offered us the free spot. I think I'm probably reopening the wound here, but that's that's what that was. I mean, let's be honest, you know. So uh, look, I'm from Jersey. I know every hustle, so I, I knew what was going on there. Rich is real quiet right now. Rich is like <laughs> I'm just staying out of this. <laughs> Rich is like, when do we talk about uh, Raw Thirty? Because uh, <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about the trial of Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because you do this thing that you always do, where you're like, you're like, ah, yeah, fuck that guy or whatever. Back back when you had access to the DMs or whatever, and you'd start these arguments and be like, ah, that guy's a fucking asshole. Screw him or whatever. And I'm like, well, I gotta go see him in like two days. <laughs> like you're out there in Texas all alone, like starting all these fights. I gotta meet all these people. I gotta be at these shows. I have to do stuff. You're like, ah, whatever. Ah, nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. Nothing ever happens. So, but. Uh, nothing ever happens. <laughs> nothing ever happens. You know, what's he gonna do? Covertly put a reverse mortgage on your house in the in the middle of the night and 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 you know set you upside down. You know, don't worry about it. You're all right. It's okay, Rich. Um, I don't know. What do we talk about now? <laughs> this is the. <laughs> We're off the rails here. Uh, we got plenty to talk about, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you asked what else we can talk about here. Uh, we have a lot of wrestling going on in Japan. We got Noah and New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 17 uh, in Yokohama Arena, including a red-hot angle uh, the, starting off 2023 in a great, great way uh, with Okada and Kiyomiya. We're going to talk about that. 
We have the Great Muda final bye-bye. I'm so fucking ready to say bye-bye to this guy. How many times have I said bye-bye to Keiji Muto over the Rich. last nine months? Go Rich. away. Bye-bye. Please I, go. I, I, I wish this was the final bye-bye. God. Unfortunately, it is not the final bye-bye. Oh, my there God. Is- well, this is his last time in... Budokan Hall, bye-bye. Oh, this is his last time in a tag match, bye-bye. Oh, now it's his last singles match, bye Go away. <laughs> Stop. This Jagoff bye, is going to come back. <laughs> Please. This, this Jagoff is going to come back in a year anyway. You know Oh, it. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Processing Masters coming up. Uh, definitely booking yeah. a show. But uh, we got, uh, yeah, two Muto bye-byes. We got the Muta final bye-bye that we're going to talk about. That already happened. Uh, and then the KG Muto final bye-bye, which is going on. Oh, great. Yeah, great. so one, two bye-byes that we're going to talk about here. A lot of bye-byes. Uh, I figure when you say bye, usually you, you, you go a little Midwestern goodbye from uh, KG Muto here where he just says bye for nine months and never leaves. Uh, the All-Star Junior <laughs> Festival as well. That's his. Two men, two men, no knees in that main <laughs> event, by the way. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> Muto, bye-bye. Uh, All-Star Junior Festival, a nice little fun thing they're starting here in uh, March. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then also some, maybe some Japan quick hits. We got Gleet. We got Big Japan. Can Bari Pro, are, are, am I reading that right? Freedoms? What Joe Lanza, what got into Joe Lanza this week? He's watching. Can I, def- can I defend myself here for a minute? Yeah, what do you got? Every Thursday morning, you ask me the Cody questions. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and then... Then we have the obvious topics that are the big topics of the week. And then we just decide on what we're going to fill the show with. I merely mentioned that I watched all of the things that I watched this week. Okay. Maybe you watched some of them too. And then maybe they would, you know, be on the run sheet since we have something mutual to talk about. You go and you put everything I watched this week on the run sheet. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by your your Gambari Pro that you watched this week. I don't have any thoughts on the Freedoms main event I watched. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know I watched it. Now, I do have an announcement to make. You have a Gleet announcement, right? It's a Gleet announcement. Um, not now. Oh, you're not, you're not going to do it now, are you? I'm going to make my Gleet announcement. Yeah. No, wait. Are you sure? No, I'm making... I'm making the Gleet announcement. Okay. What are we trying to? What are, what are we trying to pop a quarter a hour? An hour We're three? trying to pop a quarter hour with Gleet. Yeah, <laughs> duh. It's a podcast, Rich. It's a podcast. Um. So, as many people know, I refuse to acknowledge Gleet. Gleet opened up operations in 2020. Like many fly-by-night Puro organizations, I did not trust this. I do not trust Ledette. Okay. Uh, I do not trust the sleazeballs in charge of Gleet. I do not trust the very odd strategy of uh, presenting half your card in a dead style that nobody cares about anymore. I didn't trust any of that with the stupid shoot fighting rules. Uh, there was a lot about Gleet that I do not trust, Rich. And I told you I will. I refuse to acknowledge Gleet. You, you're a Gleet super fan. You watch all the Gleet shows. You don't miss them. <laughs> You got a little Gleet uh, windbreaker. I know that you wear sometimes uh, when you're out with the nurse picking berries or whatever it is you do. Um, and I know you're a huge fan. Me, I refuse to acknowledge it. Well, it is now 2023. And uh, Gleet has survived a worldwide pandemic. Gleet uh, had a very, uh, very 
proud G-Rex champion for uh, a number of months by the name of L. Lindemann, who did nice work all over the world, really, as the uh, as the G-Rex champion. It is called the G-Rex champion. Correct. Right? That's what yep. it's called. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and I would drop in for these Gleet main events as I did this week for the uh, the L. Lindemann uh, Kato Ashida title match, which took place on the, I want to say, the uh, the 8th. No, was it the 18th? The 8th. Osaka. Osaka Bodymaker 2, right? So it was the 8th. Um, and I enjoyed it. Schedule fact, here. Let me get my Gleet schedule up here. Just no, like. it is. You don't, you don't trust me. It's the 8th. Osaka <laughs> Bodymaker 2. Yeah, Gleet V5, version 5. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Luigi Primo work. I watched the whole show. I skipped all the shoot fighting bullshit. As I as and, I recommended, uh, as I and that's I, I will say one thing about it. It makes it kind of easy. You see like a little score on the bottom, and you go, okay, I don't have to watch this, and you just go, and then you two hours are gone, and then you're on that YouTube video, and you can just go, okay, and see the little dial, and then you go, okay, the the scoring is gone. I cannot watch the rest of the show, and they do a good job of of, of front loading the shows with the shit that you don't want to see, that nobody wants to see, because it's a dead style that keeps and die, keeps on dying over and over and over again. So. Yeah, it makes it very easy to just skip ahead. So uh Kato Ishida's the new champ and he beats Lindemann. And it was a uh it was an excellent match. It's in my notebook. I went four and a quarter plus on the uh on the title change. But um but that's no big deal. I've dropped in for Gleet main events before when I've been told to watch them. Uh my announcement here is it's now 2023. Um they have lasted longer than I thought they'd last. They lasted through a pandemic. I have to acknowledge Glee. Oh, I'm, there I'm it acknowledging is. Glee. I'm acknowledging Glee. I recognize Glee. Are you putting your finger in the air? Are you, are you acknowledging? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go that far, okay. but right. I will now acknowledge the existence of and actively we did follow it. Glee. We did it. I'm going to do it. Um, I cannot hold out any longer. Good little and, roster. Uh, Good little roster of wrestlers there. Well, that, now this is the year they fold because you know they're oh, going to burn sure. me. <laughs> Definitely. They're gone in three months now for sure. Again, they're not making any money. I mean, they, their shows are all for free on YouTube. They're, they're, the live event business is not great. Uh, I don't exactly know how they make money. I'm not sure they do. Uh, so it's probably not long for the world. But you know what? It's it, Get it while the getting's good. You got Quiet Storm Watch. You, you know what I mean? You got... You got the bulk orchestra is happening and, and you're not watching it. You got to start watching the bulk orchestra. You just got to. I got to tell you, though. When I hit that eight man tag with with strong hearts and the girl in the dress and Jack Cartwheel and I, <laughs> that wasn't great. Yeah, you should probably should skip that one. But uh, yeah, that what I, I got to tell you that that was a little rough, you know, um, but I had to stick around for Luigi Primo. I had to do it. <laughs> Kaz Hayashi, Luigi Primo. That is a match that in 15 years time, you're going to remember that Kaz Hayashi faced Luigi Primo in a promotion called Gleet. And you had to be there for it. You just had to be there I, for and it. And I was there it, for it. It was history. It, it was a part of history. And now you are a part of that history. Primo hit all spots. They were chanting pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed that. Was there any uh, um, anti-Italian, uh, uh, you know, or, or they? this is a very pro-Italian crowd, I would no, say. No, this is a pro-Italian no crowd. Discrimination. Always, no discrimination here. No discrimination whatsoever. They respected the pizza. Shima was cornering him. He respected the pizza. Um, there's some stories to be told about this booking, by the way, 
I'm not the one to tell him, and now isn't the time to tell him. Store that away. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I have to acknowledge Glee. And now that brings us to Dominic. Oh my God! It's easy for me. <laughs> back to back, you're just doing it. So, Judgment Day is uh, has very clearly gotten over. Yeah, with the WWE audience and uh, Rhea Ripley is considered one of the favorites to potentially win the Royal Rumble match. They've also been doing more intergender with her, and she's been paired up with Dominic, and Dominic has been, you know, and what some would say, some of these very, very entertaining vignettes, you know, trying to break into his dad's house on the holidays, getting arrested, uh, comparing himself to Martha Stewart, playing it up for the comedy. And uh, he has really excelled in this new heel role, you know, and, I, and I'm a man who always preaches to the listeners that you cannot dig your heels in. You, you cannot dig your heels in. And sometimes your opinions just have to change. And, um, you know, as I just demonstrated with Glee, I mean, I have to acknowledge Glee. And, um, you know, I, I just I want to keep everybody updated and informs him, you know, um, when it comes to Dominic, Dominic Mysterio, I, I still don't care about him. Oh, I still don't care about him, and I will never care about Dominic. I thought ever. it was a near, a complete new year, new you uh, in 2023. No, Damn it. No. In fact, I'm going to zig rather zag, and I think those uh, vignettes with Rey Mysterio are really dopey, and I don't understand what people enjoy about him. It's the antithesis of what I want in my wrestling. And not only do I still not care about Dominic Rich, I hate him more than ever. How about that? Oh, that's not true. How about that? There's no way. No. See, you're zagging. I can tell you're zagging. He's he's no. He's trying too hard now, Dominic. It did get there. Yeah, there there was this brief period, and I, I I sensed it, and I think there was a conversation that you and I had, and I sensed that you you were you were easing on Dominic a little bit. It was in between the attack on Thanksgiving, and then when he came back and. Before he went to jail or whatever, there, there was this like one or two weeks where I think you started to say, ah, you know what? I might start. But then when he came back from jail, that's all been real dorky. And then pe- now and the problem is people are playing it up too much. Like he comes in and he's like, ha, 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 I did time. And everyone's like, ha, 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 he did time. He was in there for a night. And now it's you're right. It's gotten a little too. He lo- he he had it and he lost it. He had it, but he lost it. There was a period, though. I, I know that for a fact. I heard it in your voice. There was a period where he could have. You, you could have maybe cared about him, but but um, yeah, no. ultimately, no. Today's not that day. I, I, no, I will never care about Dominic. And in fact, look, I'll acknowledge that the Judgment Day has gotten over, and that people, other people, are enjoying Dominic. They care about Dominic. I do not care about Dominic, and we'll never care about Dominic. I mean, it's the typical WWE thing. The one Christmas one at the Mysterios got over, and now what are they doing? They're pounding it into oh, the so I said Thanksgiving. They I'm, can't I'm, help I'm at Christmas. I'm at Christmas. Not Whatever it was. It may have been Thanksgiving. I don't know. But they're pounding it into the ground because they can't help themselves. The subtlety hammer comes out no matter who's in charge, and they just got to bury things into the ground. Like, what's the joke here? Oh, he did, he did one day in prison, but he's a pussy. Like, that's the joke, right? Like, he's, he's too soft. Because now he thinks he's a hardened criminal. Well, it's he did the funny. One day in jail. It's funny because he did the day in jail, but he is 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 acknowledging it like he's 
done you know he's like right. hey when you do time things get a little different and it's like ha, 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 ha. but yes and they, it was and it was they've done that for five straight mu- weeks now and it's like all right we get it <laughs> we got it we yeah, get it was, the joke we heard you <laughs> yeah, right. we heard you it was mildly amusing the first time and now now it's just the typical because now he comes thing. out and he's like you know he's got a bandana on and stuff and he's like yeah jail will change you or whatever and it's like ha, 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 ha. but yeah it's 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 not oh, he he calls her mommy <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't care i will never care about dominic never never wow so look so 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 I, as much as things change no i ultimately listen, stay the same you know what i mean like glee did you, i not have i not turned the corner on glee you did I, you did I, this was, uh, this was a fantastic acknowledging of glee and I'm, I'm happy it happened did i not months earlier Admit I was wrong and turn the corner on toxic attraction number three. Uh, true. Yes. Okay. So I am a man <laughs> who will not. Th- I will admit. <laughs> At this point, what's her name again? I don't even remember. Because <laughs> you call her toxic attraction number three, so I don't even remember what her name is anymore. And every time I you know see her, I, I know what her name I is, but then I just think of toxic attraction number. Lacey, isn't it Lacey Lane? That's right, right? No. JC Jane. JC Jane. <laughs> there is a wrestler think- called Lacey Lane, though, right? Could be a porn star named. Nah, maybe Lane. that's what I'm thinking of. Ranked 186, arrow up. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Got momentum. Lane. Good momentum for Lacey Lane. I love. Sometimes I just get wrapped up in the rankings. Like I'll go on the Pornhub to rub one out, but then I just get caught up in the rankings and the movement, you know. And then I end up not rubbing one out. Yeah, there's uh, Lacey Lane. Is in fact, yeah, she's also an NXT competitor. Rich. Um. Oh yeah, she's the one that teams with uh, Katana Chance, right? No, 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 no. She doesn't team with Katana Chance? I don't think so. Who does Katana Chance team with? <laughs> we Who? ask this every <laughs> We've done Who? this segment multiple times. Oh, no, you're right. Lacey Lane and Kaden, the former Caden Carter. How dare you? How dare you, Rich Critch? <laughs> I know my NXT superstars. <laughs> right. Lacey Lane. The Whiskey Girls. Yeah, they talk about how they drink whiskey. Yes. And let loose and drink whiskey. Yeah. Lacey Lane became the girl who now teams with Katana. Katana yes, yes. Became Caden Carter. Became Caden Carter. And you did. Yeah. Listen. When's the last time you watched a full episode of NXT? Full episode? Yeah. That's been a while. We're going years. Listen, <laughs> not years. Not years. Not, a, not Halloween Havoc. Not, uh, you know, something like that. Not a not, not vengeance day. No, not a, no, no. It's it's been. No. I mean, it's been a Tuesday, couple months. Listen, it's been a couple months a tu- for sure. On a Tuesday, you plop down on the couch. Oh, get out of here! No, I'm not spending any of my Tuesday night doing that. No, you crack open one of your craft beers, <laughs> slap my hands right? together. You, you get a bowl of pretzels, right? <laughs> you rub the hands together. You're like, I am going to enjoy some NXT 2.0 action. That's my night. The nurse is like, hey, you want to get frisky? You're like, no time. I got nothing. I cannot. I can't. Michael Hickenbottom is presenting professional wrestling. <laughs> I must watch yeah. it. Yeah. You're like, get away from me in your lingerie. I'm not interested. I am watching 2.0. Okay. With Vance Joseph. No, he was a receiver for the Broncos. Vic Joseph and Booker T. That's what I'm doing tonight. When's the last time you did that? Last time I did that, a couple of months. A couple of months for sure. Yeah. I mean, so, I, well, actually, no, sit, literally sitting on, down on a Tuesday and like sitting on my couch watching NXT, that's years. That's years for sure. 
Yeah. That's like, like Sammy like Zane. Era. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Long, long time as, ago. As it's airing. Yeah, that, that's that's been quite a number of years. Now we're going back years, right? Okay. Well, I, I just I feel good. I feel like I got this monkey off my back. I acknowledge Gleet. I acknowledge Toxic Attraction 3. Um, but I still don't care about Dominic. But we'll see. You never know what can happen. Right. Nobody would have thought you'd, you'd acknowledge Glee a year ago. And here you are. And here I am acknowledging Glee. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, there, there's a chance for everybody. And uh, even though you say you, you'll never care about Dominic, there's a chance. Maybe. You know. Maybe that you I, will. I, I don't see it. <laughs> I can't the, see the it. The path forward isn't great. The path's not great. No. He's just annoying me more, to be honest. You know, at least he found something that he's halfway competent at. Like, as a babyface, he was 100% utterly useless in every way. I think they know that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've, they've they have to know that, that right? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even with this gimmick, too, like, it's okay that he just doesn't have to go to the gym. Because he could be, he's like a sleazy emo guy. What, you ever see, like, a ripped emo guy? How often you see that? Uh, very like, rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. You know? So like as a baby face though, it you know, his 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 skinny fat body. I was gonna say skinny fat. You beat me to it. I'm thinking Joe, shut up. I want to say skinny fat. And you got it. <laughs> damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn and it. Complete lack of physique. I mean, you know, like this is his job. Like he can go to the gym and do bench presses and get some biceps, right? Like, what's this guy's problem? I don't know. Um I bet I bet right. Ray's I bet Ray's got a hell of a home gym too, right? Look at Ray's body. I was going to say, the Gutierrez family definitely has a good home gym. Absolutely. Ray looks you great. Know? Yeah, Ray's fantastic shape. And he's, man, how old is Ray at this point? Would you, would you be able to guess how old Ray? 48? Is, have you looked recently? That's my guess. Oh, is, or that's your guess. Okay. Um, 48, right on the money. Wow. 1974. Yeah. So he turns 49 this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You knew that pretty well. That's good. Um, good for you. Yeah. I, I could do math. <laughs> right. I could do math. Nine plus four. I do. <laughs> Fantastic. Good, um, for you, good for you. Yeah, but see, you can't. I you're, cannot. You're no, I cannot. There. No, I can. So I'm, I'm actually genuinely amazed that you did that that quickly. So you'd be fumbling for the phone. Oh, where's the calculator app? Uh, 1974. Like, yeah, you're terrible with the math. Awful. Yeah. Well, because I was told as a kid, like, you know, oh, you got it. You can't use a calculator. You know, what, what are you going to do when there's no calculator or whatever? And I didn't buy that. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Fucking who cares? And then it turns out there's always a calculator within inches of me at all times. Listen, or I just have Excel that just does the math for me. Math fucking stinks. Okay. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't know anything about your schooling. Did, did you get to the point ever in your education where you got to certain levels of math that were like weren't even numbers anymore like where they're just it's just like theory uh no 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 there, there's a reason that i went to uh to college for uh uh journalism non-math. writing and creative and uh communication arts yeah no i never got to that point in my math career no yeah. i uh, yeah. i got to numbers and then i never really got past numbers so yeah. you got as far away from math and science as you, as <laughs> yes correct i took one more math class in my entire life, and it was the it was a, a a college. You had to take one in college, and it was me and um, let's just say the yeah. student athletes of my school. And uh, I did great. Right, right. Let me tell you, I did fantastic in that class. You <laughs> Sterling, got I had a plus 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 in that class. I did fantastic. 
you got to college and were like, can I take algebra two again? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it was like junior high level math and it was fantastic. Right. I loved it. It was done. I, I, I wiped my hands of math that point forward. And I was like, thank God, there you go. And now uh, this week I spent all my week uh, on a fucking spreadsheet <laughs> doing match of the year calculations and all this sort of stuff. So uh, jokes on me. I do more math than ever now in my adult life. So you said to the guy, Give me the dumbest math you can give me that will earn the credit. Yep. That's what you said to the guy. That's he, the way to go. And he said, say uh, no more, fam. And it was, yeah, it was math 101 with me and all the uh, the student athletes in my, my school. So, yeah, it's great. How Half different them are would your leaving life be? Because they're like driving to the game or whatever. You know what I mean? Like on Fridays, it was just me sitting there because they're all like traveling for the game this weekend or whatever. They got practice and the, the the teacher's just like, yeah, no, I know, I know. A plus, A, A, A. I got it. I got you guys. I'm in the class having to like earnestly do work, but it was, it was very, very simple. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, how different would your life be today if you took like advanced trigonometry or something? Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be different at all. Like nothing would change, you know, except you would have been annoyed in college and somehow having even less sex, right? Like that's the only thing that would have changed because you'd be busy trying to figure out this math. Uh, in, in the note of chat room, great comment here. Uh, I took an accounting class, and the biggest lesson I learned was I need to hire an accountant when I'm older. I love that. <laughs> that's yes, perfect. That's exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> I did. I also took an accounting class, and halfway through, I'm like, man, I don't get this at all. Like, I need to make enough money where I don't have to do this ever again. Uh, now, we got an en- now we've got an engineer in the chat defending math. Oh, so get out of here, math guy. You a nerd. war has broken out. You He's nerd. He's got one of them. He's got one of them Texas instrument calculators with the symbols that I don't know what <laughs> the they TI-83, do. Yeah. You know? yeah, he's got one of them. I don't even know what half those buttons do. On, on they play Snake things. is what they do. They play the fucking, uh, I, I, I don't know if that was around in your schooling days, but yeah, we all got the, the graphing calculators, but then we just put games on them. There was one where you, uh, it was kind of like a GTA tech sim type of thing. You sold drugs yeah. and stuff. That was a great one. And then uh, Snake was on there. Um, and then I figured out at, at one point that I could actually just load the answers onto the, I just had to like go to a program and all the answers I could like load them on there. Uh, that made it go pretty well. That made my senior year math go pretty well. So how do you write boobs on a calculator again? It's uh, uh, eight like, zero zero eight, right? Eight zero zero eight. And then five, five I yeah. guess for the, for the boot, but you got, no, no, but you gotta go five, eight, zero, zero, eight. Cause then you turn it up, you flip it over and it says boobs, right? So you gotta do it backwards. You got to write boobs, yeah, because then you turn it right. And that, see, how, we're, we're playing course. snake on our calculators. You, you're you're just putting I'm boobs on boobs. you. You're a little too, yeah. you know, a little too old for the snake or dope wars. Dope wars was the name of it. Thank you, no dope yeah. chat room. Dope wars. Yeah. So uh, that's another math guy. That Josh Engelman. He's oh a math yeah, guy. yeah. One of the OG voice of wrestling math guys. I think he's a. Uh, oh yeah. One of the reasons the <laughs> voice of wrestling match of the year exists at all. So welcome, Josh. How are you? Yeah, but his math and his. Uh, his fantasy basketball cheats. I know all about it. Are they cheats or are they? Is it insights? I think it's insights, isn't it? Wouldn't they call it insights, not cheats? As a daily fantasy guy, and he, you know, he, you got to zig when everyone else zags. You know, you can't. You know, if if everybody takes Luka Doncic, then you, you know, you got you got to take players nobody else has taken. Like that's what he does. He makes you know, he gives you the cheats. Yeah, it does good work. Good work. So anybody listening in the room chat room right now that, that Josh Engelman? Oh, 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 oh. did he buy an ad? Did he buy an oh, ad? Oh, you're right. He didn't. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on. This man didn't purchase an ad. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on now. Yeah. 
DMs are open. Uh, DMs are open, Josh. Pump, pump the brakes. <laughs> um, in fact, in fact, nobody bought an ad. That's a big problem around <laughs> right, here please, right now. Please, Josh, get in That's, those DMs, please. Yeah. <laughs> you get a real good deal. You get a real good deal. We're it's wide like, open, uh, baby. Oh, yeah. There's uh, plenty of great spots remain <laughs> right now. Right. Get, get them before I, they're gone. Um, yes. But really, anyone you want is pretty good to go. So if there's a first hour, third hour. What do you want? Just name name your name your pleasure. Um, you know, I, I don't know though. I feel like Rich makes me do a DraftKings read like every day. I but yet, think we're done. I think we're done with those. But that, that, that's fine. We're done with the DraftKings. They like, reads, they like, that's, they're, they're starting to like to pre-recorded ads a little bit more than the uh, the on the show ads. And that's fine. That's okay. We'll I, do that. Well, I, I I did the Super Bowl read today. Which I don't believe is running yet, right? The no, Super Bowl, not yet. No, no, read. no, right? Because the the championship games uh, have not even been played yet. But um, is that, that going to be the end of that campaign? I believe so. Yeah, to... they 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 bounce after the uh, Super Bowl. They don't. Uh, oh, right. Well, late season if, uh, NBA uh, regular season doesn't quite uh, get the the juices flowing for DraftKings like uh, NFL playoffs or the Super Bowl does. So yeah, mm, shockingly, yeah. I know. <laughs> believe it or not, yes, the. Uh, April NBA uh, tilts doesn't uh, doesn't quite move <laughs> <Right>. the <laughs> move the action quite like the uh, NFL playoffs, but yeah. Well, March Madness is coming. That's a that's a oh yeah yeah you know, you know what they might actually get you know? in there for March Madness yeah yeah no 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 not the big game no no they're they're, they're the official the they're the official sports book of the NFL Brian that's right yeah. Okay, it's, so, we're Super Bowl, baby. We're Super Bowl, not the big Super game, Bowl. not Super Sunday. No, 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 no. Super no. Bowl. Super Bowl 57. Okay. That's the official because sports are corrupt now and they have embraced all of this. So, we, no, this is the official sponsor. This is the flagship. What do you think this is? We have the some hokey game. sponsors. Big game. Get out of here. Yeah, we don't have a big game spot. No, we've got real big time sponsors around here for another week. And then things are real dry. So get in those DMs. And like I said, we got some deals. We're ready to make deals. In fact, we're desperate to make deals. <laughs> we'll make so, them. Please, let's make some deals. Yes. <laughs> we will make the deals. Deals will be made. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right, what do we got here? We, obviously, we don't have an ad, so <laughs> no, um, we can just go right into uh, uh, the other stuff we got to talk about here. So let, let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble, Joe. This well, weekend, great. this Saturday, Tardivis Royal Rumble 2023. And I thought uh, instead of you and I having to just kind of go like, I don't know, what do you want me to say about Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss? Uh, I'm going to let the fine folks at WWE.com tell us what we need to look forward to for this weekend's. Royal Rumble emanating live from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, streaming live exclusively on Peacock, presented by Applebee's Grill and Bar. We talked about Applebee's a couple weeks ago, presented by Applebee's Mountain Dew. WWE's getting all the ads. You know, get some take it for us. They got Applebee's, they got Mountain Dew, they got a lot of stuff going on here. So, um, yeah, I figured let's 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 do that. So, do you want to start with the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches? You work harder to promote Mountain Dew than anybody. In I WWE agree. You're right. Time. Maybe they maybe they can learn something or two. Maybe they'll send me some free Mountain Dews or buy a fucking ad or something. Jesus. Well, we we tried that with Hot Pockets for years and never got a single free <laughs> they Hot never, Yeah, they never. They never. So that uh, <sighs> they also do not acknowledge us. You no. know, a lot of people. A lot. I'm not going to go there. So anyway, what was your question about the uh, the Royal Rumble? Rich? Uh, are you ready for me to preview uh, the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches? 
Sure. Okay. Presented by Applebee's Grill and Bar. Saturday. Saturday. Emanating live from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, streaming exclusively on Peacock. If you're in America, I believe it's on. Well, now because at this point, the WWE Network's pretty much like. I don't think anyone's got the network anymore, right? I think Australia's done. Um, UK's done. I want to say. Really? I, think, I, thought yeah. still, I thought they still had the network. I thought one of them's gone, but yeah, maybe some places internationally. But anyway, that's fine. Uh, instead of you and I having to grunt through a, a, a horrific uh, review or preview, uh, we're going to let WWE.com staff tell us what to look forward to uh, for this weekend's Royal Rumble. All right. So, oh, you got J- Joey Styles. Is Joey coming on the Styles show? is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whoa. Big, yeah, absolutely. Vic Venom? You booked Vic Venom on <laughs> the show? I'm trying to think of other... Uh, is that the only two like w, like WWF.com, WWE.com staff members anybody ever knew? Were those two? Because I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I knew any... Well, if I knew more, I would, I, would, I would continue the bit. <laughs> but I can't think of anymore. That's, we, so, got AJ, we got to AJ I Styles. Joey Styles and, and Vic Venom, yeah. So, all right. Let's uh, let, let's do this. Okay. Uh, the road to WrestleMania begins at Royal Rumble, and the stakes are higher than ever heading into this year's men's and women's high-stakes Royal Rumble match. How are the stakes higher than ever, Joe? They seem like the same stakes. They me. seem like you win the men's or the women's Royal Rumble match, and then you go to WrestleMania, a.k.a. you get a title match at WrestleMania. It feels like that's been the way it's been for quite a while. Uh, in fact, there were some years where you would win the title if you won the Royal Rumble. Those seem like higher stakes. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, this is the men's and women's high stakes Royal Rumble match. Each match will begin with just two superstars in the ring. Every 90 seconds, a new superstar enters the fray. Elimination only occurs when a superstar has gone over the top rope. And Joe, get this. Both feet have to hit the floor. So I know you're thinking, what about one foot? If one foot hits the floor, that guy's out, right? No, Joe. No. Both feet have to hit the floor. And you're probably thinking, well, what about the middle rope? What about the bottom rope? There's a lot of ways. you No. Over the top rope, both feet have to hit the floor. Two feet, okay? Let's just say an egomaniac like, I don't know, Mil Mascaris is in the match. Okay. And he and he leaps off the top rope himself to the floor. Would he be eliminated? Well, well <laughs> something that we have discussed on uh, on, on the flagship Patreon.com, uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, Voice of Wrestling.com slash Patreon, uh, Rumble Rewind, uh, that is not a consistent rule. Sometimes you are yeah. eliminated, sometimes you are not. It depends if you're an egomaniac asshole like Mil Mascaris or if you're the Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, then uh, it does not count for Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, but for uh, one mil mascaris, it does count. So uh, ultimately, I yes. cannot answer that for you. All right. What about if you're running from Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Snake Damien? Uh, that you are eliminated. You are. Okay. We just just okay. did that one. 1989 just yeah. did that one uh, on yeah. Rumble Rewind uh, on FlagshipPatreon.com. Just did that. No, the Andre was eliminated from the match. There, well, there you go. Over the top. Yeah. Both feet right. hit the floor. Well, I, I think you've. Answered my question. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that was, yeah. uh, well, there's more. Wait, there's more. Because this continues until there is just one man. Very sexist here. They're, they're talking about men in women's Royal Rumble, and they just say just one man left standing. Yikes. WWE.com staff. This continues until there's just one yeah. man or woman left standing as the winner of the Royal Rumble match. And his prize, again, yikes, guys. And his or her prize a guaranteed world championship match when WrestleMania goes Hollywood on April 1st 
and April 2nd. Now, hold on a second, Rich. Surely a woman cannot enter the men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, I mean, no, obviously be- not, because there's a women's Royal Rumble, too. So, oh, um, okay. no, no, I'm sure they would not, never um, cross like that. That'd be that'd be wild. I mean, that's that's cats with dogs. And it, no, there's there's no way you're not doing that. So, right. Um, all right. Let's talk about the the, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, entries into this year's Royal Rumble match. All right, there are many names here. Uh, we'll start with the men. Well, the show. Listen, the show's in two days. Surely we have thirty. <laughs> Surely, I mean, yeah, we're recording this on the twenty sixth. You know, yeah, they're going to tell you who's in the Royal Rumble match. You need to know who's going to be in this thing. You need to watch this thing and 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 stream it live exclusively on Peacock. So you're well aware. Uh, men's. Here we go. Here are the names. Sixteen men vying uh there's 30 apparently so i don't know they gotta name a few more people i guess uh in the next couple of days but i'm, I'm sure they'll do that ahead of time they're, they're... how do they not have all 30 men named? the show is in two days <laughs> it's it's very strange but uh if, if this were 1989 on the last three saturdays of uh superstars and challenge we would have had bushwhacker luke's head in a box then we would have had uh, you know, Greg Valentine's head in the box and then Bushwhacker Butch because they'd separate them to, to so you know that they're it's every man for himself, right? And we would know all 30 men. We'd have them cutting little promos already and uh, this would be known for weeks. You're telling me that this show is in two days and we are only aware of 16 of the men in this match? Uh, that isn't, I, I hate to tell you that that is indeed true and I'm sure SmackDown WWE SmackDown on Fox will uh, will probably fill out most of those gaps. Surely they're not going to go into Saturday's show with only a few people. Well, you know, o- only l- a little more than half the field announced. That's not going to happen. This is World Wrestling Entertainment, especially Paul Levesque's World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, they're not going to do that. Oh, by the way, Vince McMahon's in Titan Towers in his office again. Weird. Wow. Crazy. In- insane. Oh, we couldn't see that. Yeah. Who, who uh, could have, how could he do this? <laughs> how, could, how could a man who who did <laughs> who performed a coup to take over a publicly traded company again? Surely he can't take over creative again or show up to his office again. That's not impossible. There's no way. How did how did the man who was always in charge get in charge again? Yeah. How surely there's happen? checks and balances to stop this from happening, even though. He He's literally the check and the balance in this case, but God damn, how could this happen? <laughs> make is, it make is, sense, um, Joe, please. Is Bushwhacker Luke one of the 16 um, men that have been named for the... As far as... No, he, no, no, not yet. Not yet for Bushwhacker Luke. I am currently feverishly checking to make sure he is still alive. Yes, Bushwhacker Luke's still alive. I, I don't know. Did you think he was dead or did you know he was alive? I, I knew he was alive. Okay. How dare you? How dare you? Um, you know, Butch was the one that was ill, and I believe he's still alive as well. Well, they're both still kicking. Butch, Good for them. Butch Miller, Luke Williams, the old PWIs would 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 list them as Luke Williams and Butch <laughs> right. Miller, even after they were the Bushwhackers, <laughs> right. like which would probably confused a lot of children who weren't aware, you know. But they, they never stopped addressing them as Butch Miller and Luke Williams. In those uh, in those magazines. Also, the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, they continued to bill him from Queens, New York, all the way up until uh, I guess he showed up in WCW. So uh, anyway, little PWI quirks. 
All right, who's in this fucking thing? All right, so you got Kofi Kingston. Surely he was the first one to enter in the absolute dork. December 2nd was like, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble match. It's like, all right, buddy. So uh, uh, maybe he can avenge his uh, – uh, the, the the best moment of the most recent Royal Rumbles is when he went to go do the Kofi spot. The, ah, he's bouncing on a chair or he's doing a handstand or whatever. I forget what he did, but he fucked it up. And just His feet just hit the floor, and they were like, oh, you're out. <laughs> it was just over. Wasn't just, that last year? I was howling. I think that was last year. I was just – Last year, I was dying about that. We were like, "Oh, here comes the Kofi spot," and it's like, "Oh, that was um, that was last year in the Rumble that disproved your theory that Royal Rumbles are like pizza; they're all good." Yeah, no, that uh, last year definitely proved that uh, when when Shane McMahon's got the book, uh, Rumbles can be bad, and you know they've they've been mostly okay as of late, but uh, last year's they uh, were both atrocious. So. Kofi Kingston entering the Royal Rumble match. Santos Escobar, Rick O'Shea will all be in representing the SmackDown brand. Uh, you also have Austin Theory, Seth freaking Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. They are on the Raw brand. You also have Rey Mysterio, the aforementioned Rey Mysterio, Oscar Gutierrez, parentheses, Oscar Gutierrez. Uh, Gunther, Gunther will be there. Um, because they can't possibly let any moment be organic or interesting, Cody Rhodes will be in the Royal Rumble. You couldn't just, you know, have him come out and make the crowd happy and excited. No, we have to announce that Cody Rhodes is going to be in the Royal Rumble match. Uh, almost is going to be in the Royal Rumble match. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, Karrion Cross, and Joe announced on WWE's YouTube channel today, Dominic Mysterio is in. The Royal Rumble. Ah, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, that's that's that a is the Royal man field. Field. <laughs> Those um, are sixteen people that will be. I Royal guess. Rumble. I guess. I guess Cody's expected to win, right? Because, um, what the fuck else are we gonna do with with Roman at at the uh, WrestleMania event? We'll get to that in a moment. Um, all right, then. I guess we'll proceed with this. Go ahead. All right. So now the women's Royal Rumble match. So uh, as, as I said here that, uh, you know, similar to the men's Royal Rumble match, if, if a superstar goes over the top rope, both feet have to touch the floor, yada, yada, yada. Uh, one person left standing. They will be the winner in the high stakes Royal Rumble match. Uh, all right. Your women. So now bear with me for a minute. It's going to take a bit to get through all these. So um, <clears throat> let me take a quick little sip here. So one sec. Well, we're two days out. Two so days I'm sure out. That yeah, show's coming up Saturday. We're, we're doing this on a I, Thursday night. My guess is 27 women have been named and they're leaving a, a couple spots. You've got to have a few surprises. surprises. Yeah, one of the best parts of the Royal Rumble is the, you know, the surprise, the person that you couldn't. Tori Wilson, perhaps. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Your mind goes in so many different directions when there's a few could, left listen, out. Yeah. Could be Oksana. <laughs> right? right? It could. It you could know? be Oksana. Yes. You never know. We could have Cherry rolling down there in her well, roller skate. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, I don't think. Anybody. No, I don't think you're getting Cherry anymore. No, uh, no, no I believe, Cherry. I don't think so. Oh no, she's still she's still alive. Why do you think all these people are dead? I thought Cherry was dead. I apologize. I thought what Cherry was dead for some think, reason. <laughs> what would make you think Cherry from know. the other from the other side of the tracks? Okay, what would make you think that she was dead? I don't know. Why I thought Cherry was dead. I apologize. Who, who was I mixing Cherry dead? up? Who was I mixing Cherry up? Maybe Barbara Bush. I don't know. 
Nah, Barbara Bush is still alive. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of uh, Chaz. Remember Chaz from uh, just the guy from New Jersey, Chaz. He's when he was out. when he was Beaver, you you may have this was during the Attitude Era, so you may have bounced out smartly. So, well, he was Beaver Cleavage. Yeah, course. he was Beaver Cleavage, and the idea was that he was fucking his mom. Right. Uh, then his mom ended up being his girlfriend when he was Chaz, just a guy from New Jersey. Uh, but then because they had to they had to wiggle their way out of that abuse storyline. Well, well, like, <laughs> well, no, no, not yet. They had to wiggle their way out of the, uh, um, uh, the the uh, not incestual. Abuse, the, uh, yeah, they had, yes, they, they, they had yes. to work. Their, trust me, they're we're going to wiggle their way into the abuse story because right, then right. there's, there's yeah. Chaz, just a guy from New Jersey, uh, and then all of a sudden Mariana, that was her name, showed up yeah. one time with bruises, and then Glenn Ruth, the former th- Thrasher. <laughs> Is like, what's going on? What's happening? And then they accused Chaz, just the guy from New Jersey, of doing it to Mariana. But ultimately, because Vince Russo was writing this, in the end, she was just a liar. All right. And then the headbangers reformed. So, so, <laughs> so Vince was like, listen, we can't have incest. I, I'm doing my 2023 Vince <laughs> right, voice. Right, from yeah. Then now together forever. Okay. Not, not with, not, notwithstanding, we we can't have. <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, notwithstanding, uh, we can't have incestuous relationships on uh, on the show or what have you. So uh, uh, let's turn this into abuse. Let's have it where uh, Chaz is slapping her around. That's uh, far more acceptable than uh, uh, than incest. Notwithstanding uh, the uh, the abuse, so we'll have him beat her up, and then. Of course, Glenn Ruth rides in on the white horse because <laughs> right, right. when I they, they, because of course, I mean, well, how else would it end? So headbanger and, and thrasher of, trying to get in the middle of this and trying to figure out what's and going of on here. Of course, the woman is the liar and the heel. <laughs> right? Here. Yeah, you lying yeah. bitch, and the, yeah. <laughs> threw her down or whatever. Yeah. She <laughs> passed away at an early age. That that's maybe who I was mixing cherry up with. Then they both beat her up, but that was okay. <laughs> right, she right. Was a she's liar. a lying bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, attitude era, baby. There we and go. Pe- people want this guy back. Like they want people want Vince Russo to come back and write wrestling. That's what they want. So she's the dead one, because I think years ago we argued whether she was dead or Barbara Bush was dead, and you were well. Barbara Bush, the first lady. Is dead. <laughs> yeah, that one is. Yeah, we're talking about Nurse BB. Nurse BB. Yeah, because she had big tits. So her, well, why did well, they that, not call her DD? I still to this day don't understand. It. And when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. I don't know. Why is her name Barbara Bush? It was a vagina joke, I guess. But right? she had gigantic boobs. Call her Denise Diego or something. You know what I mean? Like DD. What are we doing here? Come on, Denise, Denise Diego. <laughs> what Denise Diego? I love it. And then she's kippy. You, you, you dated a you dated a Denise Stadiego, didn't you? Probably, um, you know. But uh, yeah, that's you're Beepy. right. I mean, they went with wasn't... Barbara Bush, the least sexy name ever, right? Like nobody thinks Barbara Bush and goes, "Whoa, yeah, here we no. go." Like <laughs> I immediately think of Barbara. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like I, we probably pictured the same picture in our head too of. Of like the Barbara Bush, like you know, George H. W. Bush's <laughs> with the white hair that looked like right. a cotton swab, yeah. like that's what you and think a red of. scarf and a red. She's wearing a red scarf, right? She's got pearls and uh, yeah, and, yeah. Gotta have pearls when you're ninety. 
and your 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 cotton swab hairdo, <laughs> and her her little pointy teeth like she was fucking sleazy teaming with Jerry Lawler. Like that that's 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 what you think of when you hear Barbara Bush. You don't think of a hot person, you know. So that was very. I don't know why. I don't know why they went there. Fair Should weird. have been DD. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Uh, so okay. So I apologize. Cherry could show up, but all right. Uh, I've taken my sip. I guess I've talked since then. So let me re- redo my sip here, so I can. Uh... All right. There we go. Announce the competitors in the women's Royal Rumble match. All right, Joe. Here we go. Liv Morgan, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, Emma. All right, so that is your women's Royal Rumble match. Wait, you named like five people. I named seven, yeah. Um, That's what we're going with two days out. We got Liv Morgan, fresh off her her year-long star-making performance, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, and Emma. Well, we're going to get, you know what this means. We're going to get 23 surprises. I can't so, wait. Yeah, you're going to be edge of your seat waiting to see if, will it be Kelly Kelly? Yeah, it's well, Kelly Kelly again. All right, cool. <laughs> if they need 27 surprises, Cherry might be rolling down that <laughs> rampway. <laughs> they had great theme music, too. Maybe Man, the, maybe, Deuce of Domino rocked. I love Deuce who, of Domino. Maybe the, maybe the girl with the magic wand. What was her name? Um, oh, 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 oh. Um, who was the magic wand girl? See if you can get it before the chat. Uh, did Candace Michelle what, have the, the, the wand? Candace Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Candace Michelle with her little magic wand. She came and back somewhat recently, I think, right? She wore like the uh, like the long thing, like that that was in style then, like the long out, outside robe thing that yes. with the yeah, yeah. scantily clad underneath, but it was long on the outside. I still enjoy that look. That's a hot look. Still like working. That. Still working for JL. It still it still works for me. Yeah, it still works for me. Um, you know who else? Trish Stratus had that for a while with TNA with the yes, long jacket. Yes, yes. Test yeah. in Albert, by the way. Not get your head out of the gutter. Test in Albert was the name. So, yeah. Oh, Jillian Hall was the mole face girl. Yes, someone just yep, asked yep, about yep. in the chat. That would they could always bring back all she the stars. Also did the, all the stars are coming to the 23 of the stars are going to be surprise entrance in the uh, Royal Rumble. But will Jillian Hall all be doing the mole on the face or the bad American Idol tryout singer? Gimmick? Yeah, I think they, like, they've always kind of went back to the American Idol tryout singer thing with her. They, they never really went back to the mole thing. Do you remember how she lost the mole in Cape? Uh, yes. Didn't the boogeyman eat it? The boogeyman ate it off her face. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course you remember um, something like that. Come on. Yeah. How can you forget that? I mean, you'd have to just not be watching to not remember that. Like, I remember him pulling it off of her face with his teeth. Like, you know, he ate it off of her face. Uh, then she became a bad American Idol contestant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she even had a little headset. She would come in the ring so she could sing with her hands free. So she could do a little dance number. The, si- the Simon Dean headset. He had the same thing. Yes, he did. That's right. I love that gimmick. He would just call people fat. Like that never <laughs> right, not yeah, worked. Great. You know? <laughs> he yeah. he entered a Royal Rumble. I forget what year it was. He came out and he was like, All right, everybody. And he started doing his clapping thing and his jumping jacks. And I'll never forget Jim Ross is just like, Is he ever gonna get in the ring or what? <laughs> it was like yeah. he just he just stayed outside the ring and did sit-ups and push-ups the whole time and it rocked. It was so good. And I forget who it was, but somebody came out, and just decked him, threw him in the ring, and then tossed him out or whatever. <laughs> it was the best, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a great yeah. gimmick. A great gimmick. I remember he was he was wrestling uh Rhino on uh I guess what would have been the C show back then. Fucking I don't even know. Um Main, metal. Main Let's go with metal. No, uh, probably okay. probably a velocity. Probably a velocity at that point. Jacked or something. So um and he's wrestling Rhino. He comes out and he's like, uh, you'll notice my opponent Rhino isn't out here yet tonight. You know, you gotta tell him it's a dinner bell, not a ring bell. Then he'll come out here tonight. And it's just the fat jokes never. He was not so work. good. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah. He he call people fat in the crowd. It's like you look like you need the Simon system, and the guy would be fat. Like it, you know, it'd be fantastic stuff. Like that's that and mother jokes never not work. Like they're timeless. They will always work. They need to come up with a guy who just tells mother jokes. You know, that should just be the guy's gimmick. He should tell nineteen eighties mother jokes. Um, twenty three women have to be fill, fill these spots rich yeah I, that's um that's a lot it's yeah, gonna that, be a packed smackdown <laughs> if they're gonna name right all 23 women uh this friday so i i guess you're right though jim ross really hated the simon dean gimmick like he you could tell that he like really hated yeah and that's like, why i think it was funny because it wasn't like jim ross the character he was just like oh goddamn, get in the ring let's wrestle here that's <laughs> just like the best you know how he gets upset about you know rick knox not letting you know not enforcing the tag rope or whatever that's how he was with simon dean he was like oh, okay focus on the match focus on winning the royal rumble you know a oh, title shot at stake here let's go let's focus you know it's like Calm down, buddy. <laughs> Someone makes a good point. There's already a, a, a mom joke character. It's Christian. And I, you know, I can't argue with that. That's true. That's basically right, what right, he is right. right now. He's, you know, he makes fun of your mother and your dead father. That's right. what Christian does. He fucks your mom, makes fun of her, and makes fun of your dead father. Yeah. Right. So I guess, you know, AEW already has that covered. Um, <laughs> so. So let's say they enjoyed Prince Nana coming out on an ROH show and randomly calling someone a fat pig. Right, right. So yes, Prince Nana is another. Yeah, he's another one who would. Uh, what did he call you, Rich the bitch? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. It was because he called. He called my friend a fat pig. He goes, "Oh, you fat pig! I'll meet you outside after the show and beat your ass or whatever." <laughs> so then we saw him and we're like, "Hey, we're here for the fight." And he was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that was the that was the best. <laughs> one of the great moments of I'll ever I'll never forget about wrestling. And then he goes, "Okay, okay, I'll sign an eight by ten if you guys want." And then yeah, he just trolled us with how he signed it. So. Uh, yeah, I do got you still it. Have the, do you still have the rich, the bitch, eight by ten signed by Prince? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You'll get rid of that. How can you? I'd hang it. I'd be hanging on the wall. Be one of those things. Like the nurse wants to take it down. You're like, nah. <laughs> no, that's no. that's Prince Nana. I'm not taking that down. That's where I put my foot down. That's staying right. up. You could take you know? the Seiya Sonata Russell One eight by ten that I have. You could take that one, but uh, Prince Nana <laughs> yeah. stays. The dartboard can go, but the 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 Prince Nana signed eight by ten. Rich the bitch that stays. That's one that I that I cannot budge on. This is where Rich makes his uh, stance. The dartboard and who would have been a pinup that you had on your wall oh, if she moved models. in? Circa two thousand nine. Like who would have been? Oh up on your wall? man, yeah. Who who was like the like a Kate Upton or something like that? I would think would probably be the hot. So the, yeah, the the Kate Upton pinup can come down. The uh, dark the Jessica Alba, I guess, would be a, a, a popular one, at least for me in the, in the Craig household. So, yeah, yeah, Alba, that 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 fits the era too. Is Denise Richards a little too early for that? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Denise. I mean, I like. I'm not going to say no to Denise Richards. Uh, also right. from my hometown, me, it's me, Denise Richards, and uh, Lanny Poffo. 
you're not gonna you're not gonna push her out of the bed with your foot. No, like, no, certainly you, not. But no, I don't think I'd be have a a, a pinup of of Denise Richards now. <laughs> pinup. Where did I? <laughs> when's the last? Time, <laughs> when's the last time someone had a pinup on the wall? Right. <laughs> oh dear God! All right. Uh, so that, that, that is that's the women's Royal Rumble match. I mean, what are we doing here? Seven people. Come on. Maybe Nicole Richie up on your wall. Nicole no, Ritchie. no, no, never, never. No, nah. Remember, remember, she had the uh, catchphrase "That's hot." Remember yeah, that? I do. I unfortunately do remember that. Yeah, that That's was hot. one of the worst eras ever. The Nicole Richie Paris Hilton era. That was not great. Yeah, the lollipop heads. Yeah, you know, they they <laughs> their bodies weighed you know sixty eight pounds and their heads were gigantic. They were you know the lollipop head era. Um, and then that just became that didn't last long. You know, now everybody wants asses that are just enormous. Yes. yes. Like b- before that, though, it was the like for that sliver of time. Right. It was like the it was like a doc. year and a half to two years where everybody was like, your jeans have to be as low as possible and you have to have absolutely no hips. You must right. be 94 pounds or else you're just grossly obese. And that was probably not the best. Um, well, well, you know, we, it, it, what happened was as men, we all looked around at each other and we're like, we don't really like this. Right. Like we, we like, where are the boobs? Where are the boobs of the nineties? Right. And then we didn't even know we were coming down the, the pike was the asses. The ass revolution was, was coming. Yeah. Yeah. We are just, now we're all just gigantic. We're all just eating ass that, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a different time. We're all just <laughs> diving right in. You know, you just, you can't help yourself. You know, it's uh that's the era we're in now. So I think we could all agree on that. All right, well, speaking um, of eating ass, let's get to the uh, pitch black match here, the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Uh, this is, again, presented by Mountain Dew pitch black. Uh, this is from WWE.com uh, staff. I also previewed this on uh, FlagshipPatreon.com uh, where I drank the new Mountain Dew pitch black, talked about it, and then previewed uh, the Mountain Dew pitch black matches coming up this weekend at the Royal Rumble. So here you go, Joe. Are you ready for the preview for the pitch black match at the Royal Rumble? Okay. Yes. At Royal Rumble, Bray Wyatt will battle L.A. Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match as the mysterious Uncle Howdy continues to add fuel to the fire of the explosive conflict. Mm. A a contentious conflict has grown between Wyatt and Knight ever since they first stood face-to-face backstage on SmackDown. The exact nature of that conflict, however, has been open to constant speculation. Wyatt has insisted that he has not been responsible when Knight has been kidnapped, tormented, or attacked backstage. Wyatt also uh, claims he is in a constant conflict to stop himself from being consumed with his dark past. People like this. You know what I mean? Like adults. Adults I, like I, this. I thought you were done like three times. No, no. I got three more paragraphs, baby. Let's go. Lore, <laughs> <I forgot laughs> the director of lore has got to make his money, right? You know he wrote this, too. Of course he did. Of yeah, of he course the director this. of lore wrote this. Um, yeah. The ominous Uncle Howdy suddenly appeared before the WWE universe as both adversaries were in the ring together. This added more questions than answers, though, as it was unclear whether Wyatt was vindicated by the southern turn of events. Regardless of Uncle Howdy's involvement, Knight emerged on the December 30th edition of The Blue Brand as Wyatt was apologizing for snapping and attacking a cameraman the week prior with the goal of putting him out of his misery. After Bray, one more paragraph and then we're done. After Bray aggressively accepted the challenge for a matchup at Royal Rumble and tensions quickly escalated, 
Uncle Howdy suddenly appeared and attacked Wyatt with Sister Abigail. What will happen when Wyatt and Knight go head-to-head in a pitch-black match? Will Uncle Howdy play a role in the match? That is a lot of words for Bray Wyatt, who has done nothing since he came back to the company. The guy never does anything. That's a lot of words for L.A. Knight <laughs> and Bray Wyatt. And Uncle Howdy with this lady. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's uh, what the people fuck think is this. I don't know what that is. I. Rich, I just want to watch people. I like wrestle. wrestling. Like, like this is the thing. I just want. I just want people to wrestle. I want to watch John Moxley try to knock out the Hangman. Again. Yes, that's that's yes, all I want. That to watch. sounds great. You know, I don't know what any of that is that you just read. You know, it's a disaster. Um, you know, a lot of people think that the Uncle Howdy is uh, Bo Dallas. Mm. My question is, why would you need Bo Dallas to do it? You can get any jabron from NXT to put on the little top hat and the fucking mask, right? What do you need Bo Dallas for that for? I'm not quite sure. A lot of people think, Rich. (laughs) A lot of people have been saying, yeah. People have been talking about this. Um, They think that Uncle Howdy is going to be the WrestleMania opponent of Bray Wyatt. Oh. What the fuck is that going to be like? Those two guys. I'm curious this pitch black match. Like, are they just going to turn the lights out? And you're just going to hear like, ah, <laughs> like you're just going to hear like LA Knight selling, you know, some, like, somebody bouncing in the ring occasionally. Like, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see just how awful this is. Just well, the how- obvious joke, the, the obvious joke here is if all of Bray Wyatt's matches are in the dark, then that's better for all of us. Right? For, for like, sure. Absolutely. To, Absolutely. We don't have to watch this shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. We don't know what it is. They haven't said it. what it is. They have no idea. There's no reason why it's happening. There's no reason why it's a pitch black match. It's just a pitch black match. So, yeah. Well, maybe Undertaker whispered in Bray Wyatt's ear and told him what oh my pitch God. black the match. People was. like, oh, what a you know, passing of the card moment. And so I just want to watch John Moxley beat ass. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, he could have, uh, he could have passed the torch by losing to the guy eight years ago, but didn't he beat him? Uh, he did. Yes. Well, you know, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, he'd be, he, you know, he uh, pinned well. him in the middle of the ring at uh, at WrestleMania. Yep. Ah, well, nevertheless. You know, All yeah. right, let's move on to the Raw Women's Championship. It's Bianca Belair battling Alexa Bliss. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. At Royal Rumble, a very dangerous Alexa Bliss will challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title with the ominous Uncle Howdy lurking in the oh, chat. Oh, God. More Uncle, Uncle Howdy. Howdy. There are four previews. On WWE.com for Royal Rumble, and two of them are extensive Uncle Howdy stuff. So, great company. I mean, I, I, I personally, I love it. So, um, can't wait. Uh, in a hard-fought Raw Women's Championship match pinning Bel Air against Bliss on Raw, the sudden appearance of several Uncle Howdy masks in the crowd caused the goddess of WWE to completely snap. After taking out the referee, Bliss executed a brutal attack on the EST of WWE, smashing oh. her on the steel steps and taking her out of action. I'm reading this. I promise you I'm reading this verbatim. If people are wondering if yeah. I'm doing a bit, I'm reading this verbatim. Uh, in the wake of the haunting onslaught, Bliss made it clear that the title was all but hers. She later insisted that the title holder should not fear Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy, but that Belair should fear her because she is the, quote, 
face of evil. Despite doubts being cast, only two more paragraphs, I promise. Despite oh doubts God. being cast on the situation by an emerging Uncle Howdy, another Uncle Howdy, Bliss maintained her focus when Belair returned from her injuries. As the two irate superstars brawled into the crowd, however, Uncle Howdy again made an appearance to drastically affect the melee and cast further doubt over whether he is actually the one in control. Who? I'm sorry, Rich. Could, could you? <laughs> could I read that again? Could you, could you start over at Haunting Onslaught? I kind of lost you there. I, <laughs> right, right, I apologize. I, could you, you kind of lost me, and I was really into that. So, um, yeah, what the fuck? I mean, what do you want me to say? And people say right? we're mean to this company. Like, you know, oh, ah, you guys don't give it a chance. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> No, they don't deserve a chance. We're not mean enough, honestly. We should be more mean to them. We just don't have the energy to do it anymore. All right, so that is Bianca Belair. John, John Moxley knocked out Hangman Page. Hangman Page knocked out John Moxley, and they're going to fight again this week in Dayton, Ohio. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that, Rich? I don't know why. Why are they fighting? But this, I know why the goddess of WWE and the EST of WWE uh, are, are battling, because Uncle Howdy's ominous onslaught crucial conflict whatever the hell it was so uh yeah yeah again this is how you know that people just like just it's not the same they're just watching a different sport than us and that's fine that's okay mjf knows he cannot beat brian danielson in a 60 minute iron man match so he's paying goons to attempt to break his arm that i understand that makes sense to me what the fuck was that that you just read (laughs) haunting onslaught there's a haunting onslaught. I, I, I've i never heard her referred to as the goddess of WWE. Maybe I just missed that one. There's Uncle Howdy fucking popping up all over the place. I don't stand it, Rich. All right, one more left to go here. I broke Wahoo's <laughs> leg. That I understand. That I get. That's not hard. Yeah, that's okay. not hard to understand. No. I understand that. One more. One more. This is it. It is the uh, undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. All right. <clears throat> this opening sentence. I can't. Okay. One sec. This one can't be. Well, all right. I know where this one's going, actually. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> Uncle Howdy's in this one. No, I just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to check. No Uncle Howdy yet, as far as I can tell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't do it. All right. Brace yourself for major disruption on the island of relevancy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that means. What is brace yourself for a major disruption on the island of relevancy? I don't know what that means. I'm just reading it. I don't know. How can I make that up? I'm not creative enough to make that up. Island of relevancy. Brace yourself for a major disruption on the island of relevancy when Kevin Owens challenges Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at Royal Rumble. The longstanding rivalry between Reigns and Owens spawned an incredible series of brutal brutal Universal title showdowns over the past few years, including a steel cage match, a tables, ladders, and chairs match, and a last man standing match. Who could forget all of those? We'll recap them all after this. We'll, t- we'll touch on which our favorite 
of the three uh, uh, incredible series of brutal universal title showdowns we, we, we preferred. Um, now KO has found himself at odds with the head of the table and the bloodline. He recently teamed with the greatest of all time, John Cena, to hand Reigns and Sami Zayn a tag team loss on the final SmackDown of 2022. Still seething over the defeat, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion accepted Owens' challenge for a title matchup at the Royal Rumble. Not the island of relevancy. <laughs> no, <laughs> not the island. Do you know what the uh, what, uh, the island of relevancy? Oh, good God! Do you know this is this is Kevin Owens' fourth crack at this guy's title? <laughs> you know what? Fourth time's the charm, baby. Fourth crack at it, and he ain't winning. You don't think he's going All to right. WrestleMania? You don't think? Do you don't think KO is going to WrestleMania? <sighs> he's going to the island of relevancy. Though. Yeah, yeah. There you go trip to the island of relevancy yeah uh <laughs> andrew in the note of chat good callback by andrew congratulations there he says ken the ferryman leads tours to the island of relevancy i love it <laughs> incredible incredible uh, stuff yeah yeah we, we uh, we're not God. hard enough on this company so there you go uh that is wwe's royal rumble 2023 so did you watch the trial of Sami Zayn? I did. I did watch Raw 30. Yes, I watched Raw 30. Let's talk about what was one of the, uh, some described it, the perfect segment. Man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fucking sucked. And if you I, like that, I don't trust your opinion about anything anymore. I mean, I know we're being silly tonight. This is an extra silly show. Um, but I did watch the Raw 30 and I watched the uh, the much hyped uh, trial of Sami Zayn. I got to tell you, I about halfway through, I was bored out of my mind. I, I thought it was, I thought it was boring. Um, you know, you know, you have Heyman presenting his evidence against Sammy, and then why are we doing that? Okay, here, here, I, I'm earnestly trying to discuss this. Okay, yeah, didn't we just do this for like three months? It's and all they it, have with the story. It's all they have. And then with at Survivor Series, I thought he showed right, his allegiance. It. Right. Right. Well, they did it because Monday Night Football is over. <laughs> they, need, <laughs> they needed a big hook for yeah, the, and the, the rock. Dwayne, the rock Johnson said, ah, <laughs> I'm busy. My plate yeah. is full. So uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. So they said, aha, we got it. The trial of Sammy Zayn. Because like they're going through all this and they're like, in August of 2020, I'm like, we already went over all this. I thought that's what the Survivor Series match was about. I thought that was the match that made the ringer guy like come to tears. Like, I thought that was that moment, right? That was in November. <laughs> made the, ring, the, ring, the made the ringer guy come <laughs> to tears, right? Didn't it? Yeah, that was a um, month ago, and we're now like, I don't know, is Sammy Oose enough? And I'm like, oh, we're doing the Oose enough thing again. We're already back to the Oose enough thing. How yeah. are we already back to the Oose enough thing again? Right, this was all stuff that happened before he proved himself the last time. Right. Right. Because they're so, like, ah, we'll go back to July of 2021. I'm like, we already know about that. <laughs> That's what the Survivor Series thing was about. The thing about this fucking story is before Sami Zayn shoehorned his way into it with his phenomenal performances, right? Because I don't even know if he was ever planned to go this far with Sami Zayn. He's just so good that he became part of it. It was always 
the nobody's bitch Uso that was the one that Roman would constantly distrust and they would just recycle that over and over and over and over. Now Sami Zayn is involved and he's the guy that they recycle the same story with over and over. Now it's Sami Zayn where you have to question his trust over and over and over and over. This story has one note and that note is Roman Reigns doesn't trust somebody. And then they just recycle that over and over, whether it's the nobody's bitch Uso or whether it's Sami Zayn. And then eventually it's going to be Solo Sokoa. Like that, eventually that's where we're going to go with it. Okay. Um, so I don't know what to tell you. People think this is great. To me, it's the same story done over and over and over. I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I, I'll watch one of these segments and then I'll see the next day and people are just like, ah, oh, that was brilliant. Ah, what incredible character. I'm, I'm taking crazy pills. I don't know. I'm, I'm just watching something different than everybody else, I guess. I don't understand it. I mean, I thought the trial thing was kind of boring. I'm looking at my phone. I'm, I'm rewinding because I'm like, oh, wait, shit. I was just, I got caught up on my phone. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I better rewind because I missed six minutes of that. And it just wasn't that interesting. I don't know. But we're, we're, we're not invested in this. People are invested in this. There's no question that there's people who are invested in this. Um, I do think, and people are going to hate that I say this, but I don't give a shit. I do think that there is at least a touch or a dose of people exaggerating how great it is because in this, you know, dumb tribalistic AWWWE thing, I feel like the WWE fans, I feel like they've conceded defeat and they understand that they're not going to match AEW's wrestling. Like even they will tell you, all AEW does is have great matches. <laughs> like, like, that's a bad thing. But, like, they'll even say that. You know what I mean? So it's like they've waved the white flag on that. What they always hang their hat on is in the WWE. That's where they do the stories. That's where they're storytelling. You know, that's where the matches. Yeah, AEW has all those great matches, but there's no stories, right? And we all know that's bullshit. But it's like. So they hang their hat on the stories and the storytelling. And this is like the magnum opus of WWE storytelling to them. So I think there is some element of overcompensating when it comes to this and exaggerating how, how, how good it is or how good they really think it is because it's to them the one thing that they genuinely believe WWE is far superior to AEW uh, when it comes to like this type of specific storytelling. And because this one's actually long-term and because this one has a lot of effort put into it and because the performances are good by these standards, I think it's goofy and silly. And I'm tired of people making faces at each other. And I'm tired of the Nickelodeon style acting. Okay. But some people like it. Right. And by those standards, and by those standards, everybody involved does do a good job. Right, right. They talk very slowly so you can make sure you hear every single word. They recap right. everything that happened and recap what the person just said. Uh, you don't think that you can trust me? Like, you know, because you know, right. Roman will say, I don't think I could trust you. And Sammy will say, You don't, Roman, you don't think you can trust me? Because it's like, aha, there we go. Yes. In case, in case I forgot what would happen happened four seconds ago thankfully Sami Zayn is right. so it all works from that standpoint but again it's the same fucking story told over and over and over again so over and over and over. it's not a long-term and story it's just the same story told over a long period of time that's not long-term storytelling yeah and, and, and to them it's it's like now look to me these people the other thing I have a, the problem I have is these people are all caricatures 
They don't come across like real human beings. They're all cartoon characters, but that's the way WWE right. presents their wrestlers. You know, we, you're never going to get anything like last week where we had with Renee Paquette and Hangman Page, where they're talking about Mox, and it's this weird awkwardness because it's her husband, but she's doing her job. That segment was incredible because they were like real people and how real people would behave and act in that scenario, right? WWE doesn't tell their stories like that. Everyone's a caricature. If there was a person in real life who behaved the way that Sami Zayn does, or Roman Reigns, or the fucking tri- or the fucking uh, the wise man, they, you'd think they were crazy people. Like pe- they, they, you'd think they were insane. They'd be locked up, you know. They, they, you know, but but so but by those standards, they do do a good job. They do what they're asked to do, and they, and they do it well. It just for me, it's silly and it's goofy and. It's it's like a fucking teen Nick show or something like that was the best comparison anyone ever made. I think it was uh, Raymond Terry who, yes. who yeah, who's yeah. in our chat. You know, th- th- that's what it's like to me. And like and like we just laid out, it's the same. It's the same thing. Can I trust X and over and over and over and people just trip over themselves and fall over themselves to put this shit over like it's the greatest thing ever. And there's people saying this is going to go down as the greatest WWE story of all time for decades. People are going to look back at this. And to me, they've just been dragging the same thing out for two years. And with no I end in sight either. Let, let's be honest. No end in sight. We're going to talk about that only, here in a little bit. They have no end in sight with this thing. Now, look, if this were properly booked, the, the only like the ending that I would be building towards is Paul Heyman turning on Roman and betraying him with Solo Sokoa. That's where this has to right. go. Instantly if creates a guy. Instantly creates a star. Instantly creates a guy who who gets this the once in a lifetime title win over Roman Reigns. Breaks up. You instantly create a guy like like Solo yeah, Sokoa is a dude now. Roman. Overnight he is a dude. He sits there and never says anything. Heyman is the ultimate opportunist, right? He's the glue that holds it all together because he des. Heyman's only he self like his whole deal is he's selfish and. He clings to Roman because it, it keeps him relevant and it keeps him and it keeps the money flowing. That's why he left Brock in the rear view. He went to Roman because Roman was the next thing. And that's why Heyman is always trying to hold the thing together and getting Roman out of jams and, and paving things over when other guys don't get along. The natural endpoint to this without fantasy booking, because I hate fantasy booking, is Heyman and Solo Sokoa turning on Roman. The fans want to cheer Roman anyway. They do cheer him anyway. So that's where Roman goes babyface. And Solo Sokoa uh, turns on Roman, is the one to beat him for, for the title or the titles. And now, hopefully, you've made a star. But I don't have faith they're going to do that. I don't have any faith they're going to do that. This is WWE. You don't do anything right. And I don't want to hear about, oh, well, it's Triple H now. What is Where... Where's the great evidence of his great booking? Right, that, he hasn't quite over. broken open that book yet of his great booking ideas because uh, <laughs> they've been the same shit over and over and over and over. So, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, but anyway, you know, so anyway, the trial to me, I, I mean, it wasn't bad. I just thought it was a little boring. Like, it did. I, I was bored by the end of it. Then they do the tag title match, and then they do the preposterous thing where the Uso gets hurt, and then we go back to into community theater mode and Sammy is, you know, Sammy Zayn with 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 Pierce, put me in the match, and then they go through their, you know, community theater, fucking live action play, and they put Sammy in the match, which is preposterous, and um, you know, and 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 you know, people pop big for that too. So, I don't know, 
I don't know, Rich. Everybody likes this shit, but us. Yeah, I, we're we're, we're the we're it. the crazy ones, I guess. I don't know. Maybe don't that's fine. I'm willing to be the crazy one. I, this does nothing for me. I you know, and and you know, what are we gonna do? Rinse, repeat, and then after you know, at some point, you're not gonna trust Sammy again. We're gonna do it all over again, and I I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what else is there to say. No, and 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 it 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 segues perfectly into what we wanted to talk about next year, and that's The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, who have both been kind of rumored and bandied about as as potentially coming in for this year's WrestleMania. The Rock, obviously, for years now, people have said, ah, you know what, the end of this Bloodline story could be The Rock, which I always push back against because it's like, okay, what's so the end result is Roman Reigns beats The Rock. Okay, well now you're if, if, there's two scenarios that it plays out. Roman Reigns beats The Rock, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> you know. And we're just still the head of the same. Right, then we're just still right back the to the same table. story. Right. Then the rock goes away, and then Unuso is untrustworthy, and we're just back to the same thing again. So we're just doing the same yeah. thing over and over and over again. Then, or the rock beats Roman Reigns, which is like, no, that's not a good story either. The rock, Dwayne Johnson, doesn't need to beat Roman Reigns. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah, maybe it gets a few now extra the rock eyeballs. Is the head of the table. Yeah, yeah, or or yeah, or it gets a few extra eyeballs because the rock's there. But then ultimately, you know, it, it doesn't do anything to create anything more than so. Regardless. It doesn't matter because this week on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, Dave Meltzer uh, said that he does not believe The Rock will appear at WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns, uh, as long as has long been rumored and discussed. Uh, then on uh, CNBC, The Rock was there and he was asked about uh, his return to the wrestling ring uh, and kind of danced around the answer because he's Dwayne Johnson, The Rock now. and He doesn't really answer things earnestly anymore, uh, but repeated my plate is full as many times as he possibly could to just kind of say, I'm probably going to be too busy and no, I'm not going to do that. And there's also been rumors. And, and, and I think Dave talked about this as well as a, at the rock doesn't think he'd have enough time to get, you know, in ring worthy enough. Like he wants to get his body to a certain level. He wants to get his cardio to a certain level. If he's going to come back, he wants to make sure he's out there at, at, at the best he can be. So yeah, he doesn't think that he can do that in enough time. So yeah, ultimately it looks like where we're at right now. And, and obviously things can change last minute or whatever, but as of right now, he does not appear to be there. And, and, I would guess, and everybody's kind of assuming that, you know, there was some big, you know, Usos, you know, uh, Reigns, Bloodline family angle that they were going to do at, at, at Raw 30. That got scrapped. And then last minute, they went with instead the trial of Sami Zayn, which a lot of people probably think, okay, well, they thought that maybe they could get The Rock in for that. And when The Rock said, no, I'm good, then they had to kind of pivot into a different direction. So it does not look like The Rock is coming in at WrestleMania. It does not look like we're going to get the rock versus Roman reigns. And ultimately I like, I'm not that upset about that. Cause like, I still don't think that's a very good story either, but uh, I did, you know, doesn't look like the rock. And, and, you know, Jesse Collins wrote an article for voice wrestling.com about like, this kind of feels like now or never for the rock. Like if he's not coming back this year for this story, it just doesn't feel like he's probably ever going to come back again in, in a true capacity of, of wrestling a match. And I think he's at a point now in his career and his life where I, you know, I don't know if he really needs to be in the ring wrestling a, 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 a match anymore. And, and, you know, he found that out the hard way a couple years ago when he did wrestle. And I think I forget what he tore. It was either his, you know, tricep or something like that. And it was Hercules. I think that he was filming and they had to push everything back like a bunch of months because he wasn't ready. And that's not, you know, it's not just him not being ready, but there's everybody that works on that movie and it costs millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, that he basically blew by being hurt. So yeah, I don't think that he really needs to be risking this anymore. I'd imagine agents and other people wouldn't advise him to really do it either. And you know, this is the perfect story if he was going to come back and he wasn't going to do anything. And you know, I guess they could wait in a whole nother year and hope he comes then. But yeah, ultimately it just feels like the rock thing is, is, is over and done with for now guys in his fifties. Yeah. 
I mean, the clock's really ticking if they're going to bring him in for one. It might work better anyway after this whole bloodline thing is over with, doing The Rock versus Roman Reigns, right? Because then you could just do it as just a standalone match that doesn't interfere with any kind of story you're trying to tell or anything like that. So it might be better if he doesn't do it this year and he comes back a year or two from now after Roman has moved on from all of this and however this story is going to play out is the way it plays out. Um, you know, I, I am skeptical that they have any end game planned for this. No, I mean, and and they've, they've earned that skepticism certainly over the years. Um, I am highly skeptical that they, and if you don't have an end point, how can you tell a story? Right. You kind of have to have an end point in order to tell a cohesive story. And I feel like this trial as you alluded to a few moments ago, because their original plan blew up, they kind of just had to come up with something. And that's probably why the trial didn't make a ton of sense. You know, with holding things against Sammy that he already proved himself, uh, you know, with months ago. So um, I don't know. And then uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but I guess I guess we should discuss Austin then too, right? Let's so. do that. So first reports came uh, early uh, or late last week, I want to say, is that uh, Fightful mentioned that WWE had proposed a match between Roman Reigns and Stone Cold Steve Austin for WrestleMania. Uh, later, Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller both reported that the pitched match was not uh, uh, Reigns and, and Austin, but rather Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. But even per Meltzer, it doesn't look like that's happening either. He says it was Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's not on. I mean, something like that can happen now, but I guess this was actually what it was. I mean, they, uh, okay, I'm just, I, I don't want to do Dave speak for the whole quote or whatever, but essentially that that's what was kind of proposed to Austin. And it doesn't sound like Austin really jumped at the chance to, to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I love that. I love how the quote you have has all of the I means and you knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the best. I love it. And you, and you feel like an idiot reading it. So, um, yeah. No, so, okay, the first thing I want to say about this, okay, and I know that uh, it's like, so Sean Ross Sapp reports one thing, that Austin was pitched for Roman Reigns. Dave Meltzer says it was for Brock. Wade Keller later in the week then says, yeah, he also was told that Austin was for Brock. And he did make it a point to say that doesn't mean that he wasn't also pitched for Roman but what I was told was that he was pitched for Brock. And I think what people need to understand, and I think in some cases even what these reporters need to understand, is everyone has different sources, and everybody talks to different people. Okay, Do I think Sean Ross Sapp made this up? Of course I don't. Somebody told Sean Ross Sapp that someone he trusts, obviously, because he found it to be reportable, that Austin was pitched for Roman. Somebody told Dave Meltzer and somebody told Wade Keller, and it may not have been the same person that he was pitched for Brock. All of these people can be right, you know? And it's like, because you talk to different people and you have different sourcing and, um, you know, and, and it's also possible that somebody's source had it wrong or, or, you know, but it's like, I don't like this thing where it's like people pit them against each other or, um, you know, in no other medium do, do we really do that? I mean, you just, you know, I've, you know, two trusted reporters for the NBA or something might have slightly different takes on a story that happens all the time. It happens every day. Why is that a big deal? You know, it, it's not, and it shouldn't be. 
So that's number one. Number two, if they did in fact pitch Steve Austin for Roman Reigns, that means they have pitched The Rock, and that means they have pitched Steve Austin for Roman, okay? And then when you throw in the fact that the cover person for the new 2K game is John Cena, and I'm sorry I got to go back to this, but what does that tell you what they think internally of Roman Reigns? Mm -hmm. Okay, number one, they think that he needs somebody the level of The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin to work with at WrestleMania to make it the biggest uh, match possible. And it tells you that 2K didn't want him on the cover of their game. And WWE didn't push too hard for it. And they went with the guy who was the star for 10 years before. They went with John Cena, who, by the way, is also the guy who, when he shows up, sells tickets and pops ratings. Right. Whenever they have a house show that they need some tickets sold, they say, hey, John Cena's going to be there. And then all of a sudden they sell oh, tickets. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, first they put Roman on and he doesn't sell any. Then they put Cena right, on and, right. he, and then he sells them. They say, okay? hey, Roman's we, doing a house show. And everybody goes, eh, all right. They said, but right. also Cena's going to be there. And then they go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then everybody Thousands wants tickets. Of tickets. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Thousands of tickets. Okay. So I, all I'm saying is that, look, look, here's the thing. If this bloodline story, forget the quality of it. That's subjective. And we've talked about that. We just talked about it for 10 minutes. We talked about it ad nauseum. People like it. I get why they like it. Forget the subjective quality of it. If this bloodline thing was as hot as people say it is, why would you need The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin to come in and work with this guy at WrestleMania? Wouldn't Roman Reigns be hot enough to work that match against somebody on the roster, whoever they're building to, to culminate this story? Well, yeah, and also and then, good stories have antagonists. Good stories have a, a plan. Good stories have... Right. You know, if it's a great story, like I'm being told it is every single week, then we should all know, oh, well, the story is obviously it's a WrestleMania. Now is there, now or whoever. never. We should Sammy know who Zane that guy is. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, whether it's going to be a Sami Zayn, whether it's going to be a Solo Sokoa, whatever it's going to be, like, we need to know that by now. But it's clear that they don't know that. And that's why they're asking The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin to come. Now, if you got to go and try to get The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin to do this match, or if you have to have Cody Rhodes come back and win the Royal Rumble, what does that say about how truly hot this bloodline story is? Because if this bloodline story was as hot as people say it is, wouldn't there be a natural match like you are saying to do at WrestleMania that's going to do, you know, ridiculous business? You know, it would we would know what it is and they would do it. But they're looking for other options. They're exploring every other option other than what this story actually, they want to go outside of this story to make the match. And you know the sick part? Here's the sick part. They've already broken their gate record for WrestleMania without announcing anything, and it does not fucking matter. The reality is it doesn't fucking matter. Okay? What they do. But it tells me what they think of the guy internally, and then they don't even put him on the video game. Wait a minute. I thought this was the greatest storyline in the history of pro wrestling. That's what people say. I'm not exaggerating. This is the greatest and most compelling story in the history of WWE and wrestling. And it's not, why aren't, why isn't the fucking Oost tribe on the cover of the goddamn video game then? Why isn't Roman Reigns and, and nobody's bitch and Sammy and, and the Island uh, of Relevancy? The, other, the whole Island of Relevancy could be there. The, why isn't the whole, and, and the wise man and Solo, why aren't they on the cover of the game? Why? Tell me. Right back to John Cena. 
And they don't have an opponent for this guy at WrestleMania. They had no idea. The story's not going anywhere. They no idea where they're going with this. But the alleged greatest story in wrestling history, and it's not even building to a WrestleMania match. And they won't put the guy on the cover of the game because he won't sell any because nobody cares about Roman Reigns. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So there you go. That's uh, well, well, I guess we'll find out a little bit more at Rumble. But yeah, no, 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 no Austin, no Rock, no real plan in place whatsoever. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. They're, they're going to have to backdoor themselves into Sammy, but nobody really wants that. And, you know, they don't want that either. And even if that happens, like Sammy will beat him and then, you know, he'll win it back in 10 minutes. You know, the next night he'll win it back or it's something like that. And it, that's not even I mean, if you're really going to you want to br- break Roman Reigns's when I mean, like you said, the, the way to do it is Sola Sokoa. If you want to truly out of this, create a new guy, a new star, do there was a reason you had him run over everybody on this roster for three straight years. The end result has to be you're making somebody. It can't be Sami Zayn. It can't be The Rock. You know what I mean? It's got to be something more than that. And, and even Cody, like they don't want to put scrawny caveman looking non airport head turning Sami Zayn Absolutely on not. all of their WrestleMania media materials. That's what this comes down to. That's the match. That's the fucking match. Solo's not ready. Solo should be the long-term target of where this story ultimately ends. It ends with the scheming, the scheming Paul Heyman doing what he always does and moving on to the next guy. That's his whole character arc. That should be your target. And you do it when the timing is right. And it feels right. And then you do the solo turn. That's It's too soon for that. The, the, the match is Sammy. That's the match. But the tickets are sold. The Peacock deal is guaranteed. And they want to put The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Option 3, the American Nightmare, the guy they stole from the other company. They want to put anybody but Sammy Zayn on those fucking posters that's what this is about that's what because that is uh, the obvious story and if they were in a position where the brand wasn't over where the wrestlemania brand wasn't over and the money wasn't guaranteed and they had to draw the most money they probably would go with that if they could you know obviously if you get the rock that's another story but they they don't they they don't want to this is a they're it's funny we're talking about the island of relevancy this is this company continuing to chase relevancy in the mainstream. And and you can't achieve that when people on the street are going to look at Sami Zayn on a poster and are going to, what the fuck is this? It's asked the reason. So it's a mess. And ultimately, they'll probably just go, Cody's going to win the Royal Rumble. They're going right. to go with Cody. Right. Or, or, you know, Seth wins the Royal Rumble because Cody beat him three times. Right, so you could have Seth win the Rumble, and then it eats away at Cody because Cody's like, "Well, I beat this fucking guy right, three right, times. right." 
And then you, you do something out of that. Then maybe Cody has to win the match from se- or whatever the fuck. I don't want a fantasy book, but you know, that's, that's probably what they're going to do. Cause it doesn't look like they're getting the rock. Doesn't look like they're getting stone cold. What I want them to do. Here's what I want. You, you, you want to know what I want them to do? Cause I'm an asshole. I want them to do Brock Lesnar again. Oh, Give me Brock I'm, Roman I'm again. So rooting for Brock. Yes. Brock comes in, that lays waste the, the Royal Rumble. All the right people annoyed. Yes, I, I love and and we're the I we might be the last two people on earth that enjoy Brock Lesnar, but I love Brock Lesnar because it, it's not only do I think he's actually like genuinely good and I enjoy watching him wrestle, but also it makes everybody upset. You get a lot of make it make sense tweets immediately in the aftermath and people are like, I don't understand this Brock and Roman again. And then like, you know, they're, they'll still watch. They're not going to stop watching or whatever, but they're going to get all hot and bothered and upset. And Brock's going to be in turning purple, sweating and dancing, and it's going to rule. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's do Brock versus Roman 12 or whatever it is. I, I love it. Let's do it. It, anno- it, it annoys all the right people. So that's the one I'm rooting for. Yeah, for sure. But um, that's uh, so. The, it's, it's, did you watch the rest of the Raw 30? Uh, I did watch the rest did of the Raw 30. Yeah, I saw all the uh, the superstars. I saw Kurt Angle and uh, Degeneration X. That was a, a hoot. Let me tell you that. Um, I saw the uh, cage match between Becky and oh, no, sorry. I did not see the <laughs> cage match between Becky and Bailey because uh, they got rid of it. They didn't have time. Old Brucey backstage with his old stopwatch didn't uh, didn't time to show up properly so they couldn't get to the match so well nevertheless who cares fine well they're gonna do it this week i think mm, all right so just well, false. listen you There's, know uh, sometimes you gotta false advertise it's okay yeah it's all right <laughs> segments ran long yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know trial went through four you know quarter hours and in, in, in almost what was it it was because that was the the commercial free hour right that first hour of raw and i think that the same thing went like 35 minutes, right? No, the trial only went like 15 minutes. Did it really? God, it felt so then, much longer than that. No, no, no. Then they did the match, which technically that was all one long segment because the nobody's bitch ooze backed up Sammy and then they had the match and then Sammy saved them by jumping into the match to defend the titles, right? Right, right, so, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you really want to look at it, from that standpoint, it was like, you know, one really long segment. Um, hold on. I've got the, now the show did a bonkers rating. Yeah. I think the best rating since pre pandemic, I believe. Right. Yeah. They were very smart to do it this way. The first week without football. And then they, they did the, they did the thing that always works, which is the nostalgia that always works. Oh, they they did everything too. They did the commercial free first hour heavy on nostalgia. Yeah, the commercial-free first hour, the nostalgia, right? And they loaded up the first hour with the Bloodline and Bray Wyatt. So the whole first hour, well, it was Hulk Hogan, then the trial, then the match, and then Bray Wyatt and the Undertaker was the first hour. And that first hour was did you know incredible numbers, and then the third hour had the same drop that it usually like by percentage basis that it usually does. Like by the time they got to the third hour. But it was very smart to load up the show in that way and do a heavily hyped bloodline deal and do the nostalgia and do the commercial free first hour and all that the first week after football. Now the key is to see how much of that they retain. Okay, did the stories that we did on this show, is it going to retain people as you know we come out of the Royal Rumble and, and we start going towards WrestleMania? So we'll see. I don't know. But um, I thought it was very smart 
and well booked from that perspective the way that they did it um well and also the too, other thinking, quick rating thinking uh because the, the actual raw 30th anniversary was weeks ago multiple weeks ago but they're, they're smart yeah. they realized uh, again no this is the week to do that this is the Why week to go nostalgia yeah. this is the week to start the show off with hulk hogan who literally just comes out and goes all right brother hulk hogan all right then he leaves like no reason whatsoever to be on the show but he had you know that just to, that visual of hulk hogan yeah they, they hit that over the head as much as possible and, and and very smart did it the first week that there was no football the first week they were on their own commercial free nostalgia they played it perfectly, and and, and they, they, they've been for years and years and years, and we've never disagreed with this. They've always been masters at the one-week ratings bump. They've done that for years. Yeah. The problem is they can never seem to actually maintain that, get that going, get those people to stay. Maybe they'll hang around for a week or two, but then they fall off. And then little by little, you know, over the last couple of years, even pre-pandemic, they would do these the next week all those people would be gone. Like like back in the day when we first started doing the show, they would do this and it would sustain for weeks on uh, on end. There'd be a month or so where they would still ride the momentum of that one good raw rating. Little by little, it started being, hey, you do this one time, a lot of people come and watch it one week and then they're gone the next week. And it goes right back and plummets exactly where it was before. So I'm interested in this one because it is now no longer football season, so this is you know a decent time. The NBA is going to start uh, doing some stuff on on Mondays as well. You're going to have college basketball. So you're not in the clear completely, but but you're free of money of the juggernaut that is Monday Night Football, and that always does help. But as we've seen, like WWE's kind of been immune to Monday Night Football over the last couple of years, and we had a long discussion about that a couple uh, maybe last year uh, about WWE's ratings, you know, post Monday Night Football and how they maybe have have whittled their fan base down to like literally the people that would only watch. Yeah. But the last two years, the last two years though, it did drop when football started. Oh no, no, for sure. For sure. But it's just not the, the precipitous drop that we maybe all, they used to do a very, very, very large drop. And now the drop has just been kind of minimal. So I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see here what what happens this year. uh, If, if those people do come back or the football watching public now tunes into Monday night raw again, or, or if they ultimately go and choose something else on Mondays. So for the second week in a row, so the New Japan show this week was the second half of the Wrestle Kingdom main event. It was Jay White versus Okada. And for the second week in a row, the New Japan show beat the Impact show in the 18 to 49. Um, Now this week, Impact beat New Japan in total viewers. The week before, New Japan topped them in total viewers and the demo. This week, though, they topped them in the demo again. And they actually had their highest... Uh, demo numbers since May 12th, according to WrestleNomics. New Japan did. So the Jay White Okada match did shockingly well on Axis too. I mean, we kind of figured Osprey Omega would, and and this one basically did just as well as Osprey and Omega. So there was a lot of interest in Okada versus Jay White. And, you know, once again, beating Impact, which airs two hours earlier in the 18 to 49. So, um, you know, we've got like, multiple weeks of evidence now that people will show up to watch, you know, the big matches for new Japan on axis. And now we see again, very similar. Now when they're done showing wrestle kingdom stuff, where do they settle? Do they settle closer to those hundred thousand viewers a week? Those six figures worth of total viewers a week that they used to do. And their first run in axis, or do they dip back down into like 40,000 viewers a week, which they've been doing on this latest run airing at 10 PM after impact. So we find out, but the rest the two wrestle kingdom main events were massive hits for axis. Cause we know that impact 
is the highest rated show on Axis. So the last two weeks, it stands the reason that New Japan Pro Wrestling has been the highest rated show on the network. Yeah. Airing at 10 p.m. Which is pretty wild for for you on, know, uh, a repeat of, 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 a, of a mat. But they're... they're yeah, what you really hope if, if you're New Japan on Access, if you're Access, if you're New Japan or whatever, that, that people watch those and maybe get back into the habit of watching New Japan again. If maybe they haven't watched in a while, watched it and said, ah, you know what? Maybe this is the, maybe maybe I should get back into New Japan. Maybe I should start watching this every single week again. Because there was a time when that was a good, consistent rated show, and there was a lot of people that were watching that show on a weekly, weekly basis. And when New Japan fell off, that show fell off. And I don't know. We'll we'll find this this week I, I cannot wait for the rating this week because it'll really tell us um post Wrestle Kingdom if these fans are really in it and maybe they're they're back to following New Japan or if they ultimately heard about two really really good matches heard about Wrestle Kingdom heard about uh, the hype and now are just going to say ah you know what next time I hear the hype I'll come back but I'm not going to watch every single week it's it's no longer it's not I, something I absolutely have to make sure I watch like I did have to make sure I watched these past weeks yeah I just think there's a pool of people who follow New Japan with this show yeah and all of them watched the last two weeks because they were two huge matches. That's what I think it is. So they're not going to hold this, obviously. The viewership is not going to hold. The question is, how far back down does it drop? Does this re-energize all of these people who say, wow, I just saw two great matches. New Japan feels vibrant and alive and hot again. And maybe their settle point is a little bit higher than it was before Wrestle Kingdom. That's what the hope would be if you're Axis and if you're New Japan. Um you know, and then the question now, do they put, they put money, do they put her on the show? I don't know that they aired that um, in any of these weeks. I don't know the answer to that, but that'd probably be a good idea to put the start of match and the money segment on Axis as well, um, you know, and, and see how that does. I have a feeling it would do uh, similar numbers in the same range. And then you just go from there. So, um, you know, so as you can see, uh, you know, if, if people respond to to the big matches. So um, I just thought that was notable again, and we keep an eye on it for next week. Do you want to use that as a transition into talking about New Japan? Are we done with the uh, WWE? I think era? we are. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we definitely, thankfully, are. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, New Japan uh, did the Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama Arena. I don't feel right calling it Wrestle Kingdom 17, so I'm going to call it the New Japan Noah uh, show from Yokohama Arena because it does. I know it's called Wrestle Kingdom. It doesn't. It's not Wrestle Kingdom. Get out of here. Wrestle Kingdom was weeks ago. Uh, but they had uh, a, a pretty interesting show here. So you had, and, and we covered the the card uh, a few weeks back. But uh, you have Congo versus Lij, a best of five uh, uh, series uh, between those two units and singles matches. Uh, a few other things up and down the card, but ultimately, what most people came away from this show remembering and and. Uh, perhaps an iconic moment of this year, and 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 who knows what it's going to lead to uh, for for the remainder of the year. Uh, but you had a a tag team match between Kiyomiya and Inamura uh, from Noah against Okada and 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 Makabe from New Japan Pro Wrestling that ended ultimately in a no contest, six minutes uh, thirty five seconds because what happened during the match and and it started off with uh, Kiyomiya start wanting to start the match off and saying, Hey, Okada, you know, I'm the champion of the GHC. You're the champion of IWGP. You know, let's start this match off together. And Okada just went, nah, I'm good. Tag Togi Makabe in and said, nah, I got no time for this kid. I got, you know, I got bigger things to do. And it was cool. Cause you haven't seen that sort of edge from Okada in quite a while. And then later in the match, Okada does tag in. He's got uh Inamura in a headlock or, or a bit of a, uh, yeah, this is sort of a yeah. I guess I, I guess I headlock. And then um, he's got him in a, he's got him in a reverse chin lock because he's setting up, 
the money clip, the rainmaker, right, the right, red. Right. He, he he always works the neck. So he's got him in a reverse chin lock. Yeah, reverse, reverse chin lock. And Kiyomiya comes over and he runs in and he kicks Okada in the back once and he kicks Okada in the back twice. And Okada's just like, get this fucking guy out of this ring here. He's got he, this guy doesn't belong in my ring. Get him out here, tells the referee. So Kiyomiya rears back and kicks Okada in the motherfucking face. And it is it it you hear the noise, you hear the kick, the crowd goes, ooh. <laughs> and, uh, everybody in the ring kind of stops and goes, uh-oh, that looks and then Okada slowly he 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 reaches for his forehead, he sees blood, he sees red, and he unloads on this guy. He gets up and just beats the living shit out of Kiyomiya, starts punching him, kicking him. He throws him to the outside of the ring. He's throwing him against the guardrails. He's chopping him. He's punching him. The referees are trying to break it up. Togi Makabe is trying to break it up. Inamura is trying to break it up. And ultimately, they go to a no contest because these guys will just not stop beating the living shit out of each other, just pounding on each other, pounding on each other, slapping, kicking, kicking. Oh, my God. What a moment. What an angle. What do you think of this thing? I mean, this. How can you not love this? How cool okay, was this? So, how great was this? Yeah. So, point number one, we are being told in the chat tonight's uh, New Japan on Axis is in fact the the stardom match with the money stuff. Okay, smart. And and the Muta Lij six man tag. So, we'll see. That's a good test, right? To see if they can hold the viewers again for the uh, for the Sasha Banks stuff. Um, as far as the Okada Kiyomiya angle, I mean, it was red hot. It, um, you know, it, it was the hottest thing on the show without question. It, it, it's impossible not to watch that and not very badly want to see the match that's going to come out of it. And the other thing I was thinking about was, okay, um, we all know that Bushi Road and, and uh, Cyber Agent slash Cyber Fight, um, they've been working together during this Muto thing and they worked together last year around Wrestle Kingdom time. And we know that the Bushi Roadheads, you know, Kadani and the and, o, and Obari, the New Japan president, and these other guys have openly and publicly spoken about how post-pandemic pro wrestling has to come together and work together and get the fans back and all of those things. So I definitely think that plays into these companies working together. Um the Muto thing does because Muto is a mover and a shaker and he is a legitimate legend. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with them, with these companies working together as well. And now you can kind of see what new Japan is going to get out of this at the end of the day. And what maybe the, the kicker to the entire deal was Okada's pinning Kiyomiya. I think we all know that. So they're going to have a match at some point and Kato Kiyomiya is eating a rainmaker center of the ring. So what it, what this angle showed me was, all right, this was what new Japan wanted to get out of this being on the high ground. Okay. At the end of the day, it was probably, okay, we will work with you. We will do another joint wrestle kingdom show. We will send people to the bye-bye shows. Uh, we will work together with our number one, um, you know, rival for market share in the company, but we will hold you at arm's length and we will work with you through this Muto stuff and, and this togetherness to get through the pandemic. But at the end of the day, our guys pinning your guys center of the ring. So that's definitely going to happen. Um, and it's going to be really cool to see those guys have a match. And it's the kind of concession you have to make if you're in the position that Noah is in. If 
you want New Japan to play ball with you. And, you know, you want to have shows where you draw 8,500 people to the Yokohama arena, uh, on, you know, partially on the strength of, of, um, with, with new Japan participation, all those sorts of things. And, and then, and then whatever this show, what this show draw 5,500 people, uh, to this show in, this was in the Yokohama arena. I guess the Muto bye-bye deal was, uh, oh, they were both in the Yokohama arena, right? I think they were both in the same building. Uh, yes. Yeah. They were back to back. That's basically why they were in this building and why it was a Noah ring and stuff is like, yeah, they were going back to back, uh, 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 first day and then the second day. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and you'll send them Satoshi Kojima and loan him out to them and these sorts of things because I'm sure that Muto, who's tight with Kojima, you know, requested that and asked for that at the time. And New Japan wasn't doing anything with Kojima anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. And and um, and you know, and you get Muto on the first Wrestle Kingdom card as well, and you make all these trade offs. But at the end of the day, Okada's going over your guy, you know. So that seems to be. Um, the the big concession that Noah has to make um, when all of the smoke clears and all of the dust settles on all of this, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a tremendous angle and it was outstanding stuff and it was the most memorable thing on the show. But um, you know, as far as the rest of the show, I thought it was really it was a great show that to me did not have a great match. I enjoyed the hell out of this entire show from top to bottom. There were a couple matches that just totally shocked me with how good that they were. Tarasuke versus Bushi was so much better than I thought. Yeah, it was yeah, that be. was really good. There, there's another match that I have in mind. I'm curious if, if, if you have the same, but go over it. Despi versus Yohei was way better than I thought it was going to be. But the best match on the show to me, and quite honestly, I don't... I don't even think anything was close. Was Kosei Fujita and Rohei Oiwa versus Ozawa and Yano? Oh, that match, Young Lion. Yeah, that, that's. I have a different. That's a, I have that a different didn't just match, that but was, that that was awesome. That was great. That was the best match on the show. I mean, I, I I tried to rate this match on Cage Match, and I tried to rate it on Grapple. Grapple doesn't have that match available, and you can't rate the match on Cage Match because there's because Ozawa doesn't have a profile yet. And I'm like, damn it! I just want to rate this match. This match ruled. I mean, this is what we talked about last week. I wish there was a whole promotion where they wrestle like these guys wrestle in these Young Lion matches with the intensity and Fujita in particular chopping the shit out of these Noah guys. And this Ozawa, he's tall. Did you see the drop kicks this guy was yeah, throwing? Yeah, yeah, that Ozawa, Ozawa. Yeah, he's. I'm seeing a lot he, of that guy. He's got good shoulders, too. good face. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like an old school baseball scout. I'm like, yeah, good, good presence. You know, uh, a hot girlfriend. You know, not you know, good, good shoulders. Good could fill out the body. And then you see, yeah, those drop kicks and the chops and the work. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this this is a guy. This is a dude for sure. You, you you look at the size this guy has. Okay, now he was the greenest guy in that ring. There's no doubt about it. And he he must have did that drop kick three or four times because it's like one of the only tools he has right now in, <laughs> right, in, in right. the toolbox. But it's a gorgeous drop kick. I mean, you know, he he nearly went over Fujita's head on the first one. He almost missed him. And he's tall and he's got a good look to him. This guy can be a generational rival to Kiyomiya. I'm really that high on this guy. I mean, to me, this is one of the top prospects in, in Japan right now in terms of when you look at the young boys in all of these companies. And you know, that includes the guy, the new Japan guy, like Fujita is looking better and better every day. That guy looks incredible. 
Okay. And he looked incredible in this match. And, uh, and all Japan's got their boy that they're developing that, that Anzai would think is going to be a big deal. And we know about all the dragon gate guys. I put this Ozawa right at the top of the list. Okay. He's more raw than all these dudes. He's he's, but when you look at, like you said, when you look at the tools, right. That he has. Well, you just see his body. And, I mean, you could just project where that body is going to go and the height. And yeah, that, that he's got jump off the page looks. He's got that like, oh, well, hold on a minute. Because some of these guys come out and like they're really good work. Like a Renderita, who I love. I, I like Renderita a lot. But when he was a young lion, it was like, all right, this, you know, this guy could he's going to be if he's a good worker, he'll be. But he wasn't like, all right. Yeah. You know, he had a look about him. He had a, a presence about him that you can kind of. I'd be stunned if Ren Rita at any point was was a main eventer or a generational rival or any, anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just never where I saw him. And that's fine. Like, not everybody's going to be that. But when you see a guy like this, you see this Ozawa, uh, and, and to a lesser extent, Fujita, I kind of get those same vibes out of him, too. I'm like, these dudes look like the real deal. I mean, they got the the the, the, the bodies. They got the height. They got the presence. They they just look very projectable into the future. And 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 you can't help but get excited watching those guys wrestle. Yeah, I mean, Yasutaka Yano, we've seen him for a while. He doesn't jump off the page. No, like, he's no, a good he, he's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, where, where the end result for him is going to be, like, good little worker on your roster. And that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. And maybe he maybe he gets to the high end of that and does a little bit more than we think. But, like, you're not thinking, okay, we got to carve out a main event spot for this guy in five years. You, do, you don't think that with Yano. You're like, yeah, you know what? Whatever we get out of him is fine. And that's okay. Like, that's not everyone's going to be big-time main eventer. But you see Ozawa. And you see, okay, Noah has to be circling this guy and saying that we need to figure out a way that this guy is one of our top stars in the next five, six years. He jumps off the page to me a lot stronger than Anzai does in all Japan. And everybody, yeah, I've never, Anzai. I like him, but I don't see, I don't see the next big thing with Anzai. I know they want him to be, and they're trying like hell for him to be, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't. I haven't saw that out of him yet. I haven't seen what was clearly the next, like a, a, a potentially generational, you know, talent. I, I don't see that out of him yet. Yet. That doesn't mean Anzai won't get there. And that doesn't mean Ozawa will. I mean, we're projecting out a guy who has like 10 matches in his life or less. And Anzai only has about 20 matches in his entire career. He probably, I'd be willing to bet, doesn't have any more than 20 or 25 matches at this point because he started in like the fall with that Yuji Nagata match in Budokan Hall. So, you know, we're really, we're projecting out guys and and people could listen to this in 10 years and we could sound completely foolish. And I, I think Anzai, obviously, the more I see Anzai and the more experience he gets, the more I'm seeing what people were talking about with him. Okay, he's very clearly going to be an excellent wrestler. The question is, can all Japan make him into a star? They're really banking a lot of their future on him. When I watch this kid on this show, it's like I said, he wasn't as good a worker as any of the other three. In fact, he wasn't even close. But my God, is it with that size and that athletic ability and that look, and like you said, the way that he already has a good body, but the way that body can fill out, I don't know how old he is. I don't know anything else about him. But, man, did he jump off the page where I went, wow, this guy can be a star. This guy has the potential. This is a your classic high ceiling. Higher ceiling than like, you know, somebody like Yano, who he was teaming with here, or even Oiwa or someone like that. Now, Fujita, 
That guy is he's I emerging love fast. Him. I love and him. And the thing with him is whenever he's in these matches with young boys from other companies, he turns it up. Yeah, match. he does. He's got that he's got hatred. He's got that old school hatred. I love yeah. the, the little bit of facial hair that, you know, the, the parted hair. I mean, this dude looks like a fucking asshole. I, I, I'm, I, I'm all in on him. I love him. I went four and a quarter on this match. This is the best match on the show, in my opinion. I, and I like the rest of the show. But holy shit, was this great. I mean, they were just laying in and the intensity and even the finish, you know, where he, he just he finally leans back on that fucking crap. Oh, this match was so good. I know. I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I would just love a promotion where, like, they wrestle like this. Right. They come out to the ring. No, no bullshit. They just walk into the ring with their fucking tights on. They get ready. The bell rings and they just run at each other. and They just beat the hell out of each other for 10 minutes. It's it's pretty yeah. simple. Like that that's my wrestling. That's the wrestling that I love. And and, and more of this would would be more than welcome, but uh yeah, you can't miss any uh, right now, especially right now in in and I've discovered this over the last, you know, couple of months is that when I'm watching a show, I can't watch everything. And I usually have to skip some things, but I never skip these openers anymore in any of these companies, whether it's Noah, whether it's All Japan, whether it's New Japan, you can't skip the openers because there are there are potentially some dudes here that are coming up in the young lions and the young boy systems. You can't skip any of these. And especially when you have yeah, these just, joint we shows, just saw the zero, we just saw the zero one kid debut. They were awesome. Yeah. Again, like that was one of my favorite matches on that entire show. So yeah, I guess it extends to zero one as well. You can't skip these. There's a lot of good young talent in, in, in Japan right now. Uh, and yeah, do not, do not, do not skip these. If you have an opportunity to watch them because there's some good stuff and you're going to see some really, really cool talent and some just, again, Pro wrestling at its most pure. These guys get in the ring, the bell rings, and they just beat the hell out of each other. It's fine. That's all I, I wanna, really want. I want to see that Russian get back in there, that New Japan Russian. I, I need more of him from Wrestle Kingdom, um, who worked the exhibition. Kazakhstan. Match. I, I believe he's from Kazakhstan, Joe. Now he's a Russian. So I want to see more of that Russian. And, um, Nikolai and we Volkov. saw the German. <laughs> we did see the German. We saw, yeah. the Ger- we saw the German on this show, Tima with Ishii. That was a nice little match with uh, Masa Kitamiya. And uh, Ishii going at it. Uh, Daike Inaba didn't do much in this one, but um, it was really about Kitamiya and Ishii being, you know, two little bowling balls banging into each other. That was a lot of fun. I thought the pre-show on this show rocked. I thought those two show those two matches rocked. And then um, I guess uh, the stuff at the top of the card, you know, I, I I thought Shingo and Nakajima was a real letdown. I I. I didn't think much of that match at all. Really? I, I um, liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty solid. You're listen, I'm on the island because everybody seemed to really like it. So um I'm the outlier here. It just never went to another level for me. And I, I saw what they were doing early to build it, you know, and, and it just never got into that next gear for me. I didn't think it was a bad match. I just it didn't it made no impression on me. So and the main event, you know, Naito and Kano, you know, it was Kano being Kano for the first half and just beating the shit out of Naito, mocking him, um, taunting him. It's exactly what you want out of a Kano match against a guy against against Naito. You know, he put out the challenge and now he's mocking him. He's beating him up. And um, I thought this was a good match, too. But again, it never hit that second level for me. And. So I thought the top two matches were good, but somewhat disappointing in that it should have been great, especially Shingo Nakajima. For me, that didn't get to the level where I can call it 
great and yeah, I wanted I, I, it to. For the record, I thought it was very good. I, I don't know if I would call it great. And that, I guess, yeah. possibly a victim of expectations where it's Shingo and Nakajima and you think it's going to. But I, I agree with you that it maybe never got to that next level. I thought it was really good. Like, I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, I don't I wouldn't it's say great match. either. Good I wouldn't match. say great either. Like, I I circled that one as like, holy shit, that's going to be incredible. It, it was fine. It, it, it you know, ultimately, I, I, I enjoyed it more than you did. But um, it probably didn't meet my expectations. But you missed you left off my favorite match of the series. I cannot believe I'm saying this. Manabu Soya and Sonata. I loved that match. I thought that match fucking stunk. What? My take was going to be that that was the worst of the five. Whoa, no way. I love that match. Yeah, I, I, didn't, why. I yeah. didn't like it at all. Interesting. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a classic night nine of the G1. Sonata isn't trying. Match. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of just... thought he was trying a little bit. That's my, <laughs> we, I, we're going to have to, we'll have to rewatch that match together, sit down together because I had the exact, I was thinking, man, Sonata's really working his ass off here a little bit. He's bumping in there with Soya. Soya's giving him some good shots. Like it, I don't know. I kind of had the, the opposite. I thought Sonata was putting some effort into this one. Yeah. See, for me, the top two matches were good. They just didn't meet my expectations, but they were good matches. I thought the two junior matches blew away Soya and Sonata. I, I, I thought the junior matches were, were, were very good. And that the, the Soya-Sonata match, to me, was the dud out of the five. So I couldn't disagree more. I just, I, that match, I, that match actively annoyed me. Like, wow. I was mad after that match. I'm like, this match fucking sucked. Fuck these guys. I was like, <laughs> Damn, just, wow. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I, that one I didn't a, like. A like, Russell One disrespecter. You know, you, you, now you're acknowledging Gleet, so you're, you're, you're throwing Russell One into the dumpster now. Unbelievable. I, I should be nicer to my boy Soya. I was going to really say, should. come on, but, man. But He's got the red really hair now. Be, He's like, hey, I'm in Congo. Look at my red hair. You know, like, I, I don't really care what Sonata thinks, but I should probably be nicer to my boy yeah. Soya, but 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 I the match didn't do nothing for me, you know. Like I thought Tarasque's Bushi was shockingly good. Like I couldn't believe how good that was. The best Tarasque match I've ever seen. And it was the Bushi can do that. Like he used to do it like four times a year, and now he does it like two times a year, where he just goes out there and busts his ass. And he could do it, and he's capable of it. And you realize, wait, this guy's kind of good. And if he actually tried more, he'd be really good. But ultimately, he realizes what it, I mean. T- to his credit, he understands that he doesn't really have to do anything or be that good and and he's you know he's just there to eat pins or whatever but a couple times a year he could turn it on and and, and this is one of those two where he, he and maybe it's just being in in featured singles matches more is what he needs but then again he shit the bed in those situations too so i don't know does this add any fuel to the fire that you know maybe teton is replacing him as the pin eater of the group and he might be moving on because he took a pin here or because losing to tadasuke that's a pretty low rank pretty guy low yeah when we were going through who could lose in this series you thought that that was a pretty tough one that Bushi was. And I, I was like, nah, I think it's Bushi. But even then, when it happened, I was a little surprised because you're saying Tadasuke is like not as low as it can go, but he's pretty damn low. So I I don't know if that was just a victim of, well, someone's got to take falls here, but I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's not great. I mean, two of them had to lose. And they went with Bushi and Sonata. right. I thought Naito, but then when we found out what the the great Muda or the 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 Keiji Muda final bye bye card was going to be, then it was like, oh well, you can't have Naito lose that. Yeah, then. I mean, I didn't think Naito, but but and and Hiromu couldn't lose, and Shingo couldn't lose because he's wrestling Okada. So Bushi and Sonata had to lose. They they didn't have any way out of that. So it could be, you know, it's probably just nothing. Um. But I thought Hiromu Hajime O'Hara was a was was a good match too. I really enjoyed those those two and and the non 
the other match, which was Despi and Yohei, the other junior match, which wasn't part of the series. But, man, I thought Despi got the best out of Yohei, too. So you, you get the feeling that some of these guys were pretty jacked up for this card. You know, there there was there were some working shoes on on this show when normally there might not have been, you know, in, in, in some of these scenarios. Um, well, it just it, it other- probably speaks to, you know, especially these guys over the last couple. I mean, during the pandemic, there's been a lot of guys just facing the same guys over and over and over again. And, you know, the companies have been kind of stagnant in some ways. So sometimes it's nice to just throw, you know, have a show like this and, and, and put people in singles matches. And ultimately, yeah, if you could decide who's going to lose and who's going to take the falls and everyone's going to be OK for it, it's probably going to make it a lot more interesting. I'm sure Bushi was more excited about this match than he's been for a match in, in, in a number of years. And, and you can go up and down the card. Hiromu, like you said, I think Hiromu was busting his ass way more than I've seen him do in, in, in a couple of years as well. So, um, yeah, I just it, I'm sure I'm sure just that variety feels good every so often to get in there and you're against different guys. It's a different type of crowd. It's a different kind of looking arena, you know, different things like that that can help. So Tadasuke had a fire under his ass. I mean, that guy just, you know, he works so hard. And um, in that six man tag, I thought Amakusa came across real well as the star of the match. In fact, which was probably by design because he's their junior champion right now and all of that. But, um, you know, I, I think with the gimmick change and uh, has been a positive for him and they might have something there. Now, we all know how poorly they booked their juniors and it ultimately might not matter. But <laughs> He's going to turn 17 times before uh, the end of the show. Yeah, but. I, mean, I think the gimmick change is great for him. And I thought he was the standout of that six man tag where he teamed with Alejandro and Junta Miyawaki, who's back from Mexico. I like him. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I don't know. I, I forget if you're are, you, you're you're a Junta fan, right? No, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Um, you know, against Watto, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask. I like the Noah Tiger Juniors. Mask. I just oh. wish they weren't. You know what I mean? They weren't treated like Noah Juniors because it's like they got some talent there. There's there's some there's some guys I really like, but it's just yeah, it, it's it's a little. It's Noah. You know what I mean? It, it, arms length, unfortunately. And there's yeah, still guess- some scummers there, and that's the problem. Is there? At the end of the day, Tadasuke is going to go back there again, and I'm not going to like what he does the next time or whatever. But yeah, the, the, there's a few that I am starting to enjoy a little bit. I I, I like Junta. Uh, I, I like obviously Sato, or, or you know, with, with this new character or whatever. So um, yeah, it's, it, it was a good rebrand for him. He felt like he was spinning his wheels, and and really, I mean, he's a lot older than you might think he is, and that putting on the mask is probably going to help him because he's. I think he's. He's not forty, but he's really close. Right? Well, I, he's not. He's not working in a mask, but yeah, he's been around for a long. Right, time. Right, right. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's just it. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. kind of re-energizes him, and, and and gives him a different look and feel and a different coat of paint that just you know. Yeah, he's been he bounced around the scummy promotions for a long oh, time. Yeah, he was Michinoku Pro for years, and 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 he's he's you know he came to Noah a few years ago, and and he you know he did the whole. Tag team with Hiroki and then the split. And now, you know, they're both doing their own thing. And I think this is a real positive change. And I'm seeing something in a guy who I, I quite honestly never saw much of in right, the past. Right. I just thought he was a guy, you know, but he looked great in this match. And I guess the only match we haven't talked about was the opener, which was Tanahashi, Kojima, Yano, and uh, and um, Segura against uh, Gato, Marafuji, Kenta, and Phantasmo, obviously. Um, it sticks out like a sore thumb who was there to eat the pen. Um, you know, nobody 
the working shoes weren't on in this one. These were the veterans in there to just get in and get out. And, um, you know, there were some fun spots and, um, you know, it's, uh, Tanahashi and Marafuji, you know, they really, both of them kind of took a step back on this card. You know, this was all about Congo and LIJ and they kind of just stayed out of the way, which is more than fine. Marafuji is more than fine with that. That guy didn't want to do shit anyway. Um, and, you know, Tanahashi, he worked with Muto at the first Wrestle Kingdom show. And uh, that match just was, that was probably the least interesting match on the entire show. But, um, you know, they did the tribute to Jay Briscoe, which was nice in the beginning with Tanahashi and Marafuji out there. Tanahashi holding the, you know, modern Jay Briscoe picture and yeah. Marafuji with the, the Noah headshot from the Noah days. And they did the 10 bell salute and they played his music. So, uh, that was nice, and you could see some of the guys were were real torn up about it. And the only other thing I want to mention about the show, and then I'll let you give some closing thoughts yourself, is I thought Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton were so fucking good on this night. I mean, you know Kevin Kelly's going to do his homework. You know Chris Charlton's going to do the work. They're, those are two guys that are going to do the work. Right. Okay? They don't call Noah on a regular basis, but was Kevin Kelly right on top of it? all night long with backgrounds, not only of the wrestlers, where they'd been, how they got to this point on this card, what the stories were for a lot of these matches, what the current theme is with each one of these wrestlers, including some of the undercard guys. He knew that Miyawaki had just come back from Mexico. All, you know, Kelly was outstanding. You would think that he's a Noah commentator. And Charlton, always well-prepared. The two of them. And the one thing about Kelly and Charlton now, their chemistry oh, they got is it. getting scary good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I, I think they've become the best. Uh, Ian and Caprice is still like that. That's that's a team that just, but man, Kelly and, 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 and Charlton are right there because they're just, yeah, like you said, they have comedic timing now. And I mean that in a good yes. way. I don't mean they're trying to, you know, rattle off jokes with each other, but like they're able to, you know, riff on each other perfectly. There's not an awkward pause and there's, it just feels like two friends doing these shows. Now it feels like that relationship is not just a, I'm a commentator. You're a commentator. Here we go. Let's commentate. It, it feels like two friends kind of talking, but then also they're just so good at doing their homework. and so good. And, and, and Kevin Kelly does not get enough love for the amount of homework that he does to ensure that he knows everything that's going on. And he, he makes it, you know, you're watching and you're being educated. And if you don't know, you know. If you do, if you do know the stuff, that's fine. Like it's okay to be reinforced about some of the things. But it's not. He's not talking down to you, though. He's just coming from a, a point of I'm the commentator, and I should know what's going on in front of me. I should not be sitting there going, "Whoa, what's that?" Or "Whoa, hey, what's going on?" Like he's the expert. He he is. It's kind of the classic pro wrestling announcer, like the the guy who who is the expert. You know, in, in a lot of ways, he's he's teaching you the audience what's going on. He's letting you into this world or whatever. And then Charlton just anytime that Kevin Kelly has any. Any moment of pause where he's not sure about something, there's Charlton to, to, to just clarify it or, or just to give it extra color. Uh, exactly what a play-by-play and a color person is supposed to do. But yeah, they are, they're getting really, they're getting scary good, like you said. It, it, it's starting to become a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they're, 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 they're up there in terms of great commentary teams now. And, and they've been good they're, for a while. They've been good for a while, but it's starting to go to another level here. Yeah, they're really becoming great. And the banter between them is just, they're, their chemistry now from working together all this time. Yeah. It's just so tight. I mean, the chemistry's tight. It's um, the, the work. Yeah, they they. It's clear they put in the work. They do a great job. And I, I really liked during the Okada 
uh, Kiyomiya angle, how Kelly, as a New Japan guy, was siding with Okada and getting emotional and blaming Kiyomiya for the match falling apart and getting on the referee for not controlling I things. I like the referee and, thing. He's like, you know, you're going to have a problem. Okada's going to kill this kid if you don't stop him. <laughs> like type of thing. Yeah. It was really, it was kind of like Kevin Kelly not being, you know, the commentator, but he was just like the referees. You got to get control, man. He was telling, he was talking to the referee, get control, stop this, or Okada's going to kill this kid. He's going to kill this kid. He's not going to stop. You better stop this. You got to get control here. You're going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem on your hands. Yeah, that was really good. They, they did a great job during that angle. Yeah, and then and then Charlton later was like, "Well, you know, Kevin, it was Okada who disrespected Kiyomiya a year ago and said that he would never get." And then Kelly was like, "All right, you make a good point," but he's like, he 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 rooted for his home team yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like he was the hometown announcer rooting for the home team. Like, if you're listening to a local baseball broadcast and a brawl breaks out, they these guys always take the side, even if they're the ones that beat the batter. You know what I mean? Like they always, they always uh, take it from the side of the home team, and that's what he was doing here in this situation. So this was a a notably tremendous broadcast out of uh, out of those two guys, you know. And and um, and 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 I, I just wanted to make note of that before we moved on. Do you have anything else on this no, show? No, and then I would I would say to that other point too, then, you know, Charlton immediately saying, ah, you know, this reminds, you know, a lot of people are probably going to think of Akira Maeda and Ricky Choshu yeah. and kind of coloring yeah. that in again. And that's that's all I want. You know, talk about what I want on a pro wrestling commentary. Understand that this world, you know, that, that there's history, that there's, there's precedent for a lot of this stuff, that there's, you know, I, I love that stuff. It's great. And it's not, you know, People will say, "Oh, you can't," you know. Oh, yeah, these people, you know, they're saying stuff that no, you can, you 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 can learn this, th- these things. You can understand what's going on. It, referencing history and talking about things and going back—that's that, good. You should do that. You should want to do that. That should be good. You should trust that your audience is smart or smart enough to learn what's going on. And 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 that's what I love about Kelly and Charles. And they don't dumb down anything. But they'll still let you in. If there's maybe you, maybe you're like, ah, oh, man, what? Instead of just saying, ah, oh, that reminds me of Akira Maeda and Ricky Choshu, and then moving on, then they kind of get into details about it a little bit. Okay, well, you know, this kicked off this, and it started this, and it was because of this or whatever. So yeah, they just do a great job of, of not talking down to the audience, but still also you know explaining things to a certain point without feeling like they're they're pandering to the lowest common denominator uh, of viewers. But yeah, they're they're tremendous. Do not Kevin Kelly especially does not get enough credit for how good he is. No, no, he's uh, he's great. Yeah. Especially from yeah. day one, learning that shit. You know, getting down and just saying, I'm going to be, this is my job, so I'm going to take it seriously and understand what I'm doing and be the best that I could possibly be at it, which is seems like not that big of an ask, but given, you know, some other people that do commentary jobs around the world, uh, that is a pretty big ask, so. Yeah. So, what did you think of the uh, Muta, not Muto. Muta? Muta, Muta. Final bye bye. Bye bye. Final bye bye, which isn't the final. <laughs> it's final bye bye. Well, it's great Muta's final bye bye. For the great Muta. Yes. yes. Great Muta's final bye bye. We're uh, not rid of this man quite yet. Not quite yet. Hopefully, final. hopefully soon. Uh, I just watched the main event here. Uh, it was Darby Allen, Great Muta, Sting versus Akira, Hakushi, and now Michi Marafuji. And, and you mentioned, I didn't want to interrupt when you were talking about it, but you said Marafuji doesn't want to do shit anymore. Yeah. He took probably the least amount of bumps of his team, right? Like, um, Akira, I believe, is probably, two years older yeah. than Great Muda, and he can move around pretty good. Like, he's not bad. Let me tell you something. 
Akira Nogami looked good. He looked pretty damn good. I was, I was thinking, oh, here we go. He tagged in, and I was like, oh, God, this guy's old as dirt. Jesus Christ, Akira Nogami? And then he went in there, and I was like, eh, all right, looks okay. Uh, Jinsei Shinsaki, Hakushi here, does not move around good at all. Um, he is 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 getting pretty rough, couldn't do his rope walk, really. He fell when he tried to do it, which was pretty sad to see. But my man was still taking some big bumps here. And now Michimura Fuji, he's got the face paint. He comes. I don't remember a thing that this guy did in the entire match. What did Mira Fuji do here? Okay, so first of all, I have. I would like to announce that I have switched ears on my. Uh, okay, okay. I'm proud of you. And and now I sound really weird to to myself. <laughs> you kind of did sound different when you just said that. Like, are you just, standing a weird direction, or do you? Are you, no. You, you just can't talk right either. My, I, maybe it's affecting my voice inflection because I sound different to myself. But I have switched ears because I can't take the pain anymore. But I'm letting everybody know I'm going to battle through this final half hour, and we're going to finish. We're going to complete this championship audio. Is what we're going to do. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I agree with you. I I thought Akira looked great. Hakushi did take a bunch of big bumps, and he and he was in tremendous shape. I mean, that guy is in outstanding shape. How old is he these days? He is 56. Yeah. So, and he was in tremendous shape for a 56-year-old man. But Akira, you wouldn't even know he was 56 because I, I just thought he flat out looked good. Not good for a 56-year-old. I thought he just looked good. I thought so, too. Yeah, the face paint helps, too, because he doesn't look as old yes. as he, he might. But it didn't like. But then he tagged in, and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> this guy's pretty good still. Yeah. So, um, it looked like Darby got over in Japan. So... Look, the main event is what I thought it would be. It was a fun little spectacle, you know, not entirely unlike the Nakamura match from earlier this month, which, again, I didn't think it was a, any kind of great match, but it was a, definitely a spectacle and something to see. So was this one with Sting That was a bye-bye. That was a Muda bye-bye, too. I thought that was the final Muda match because they were saying... You remember when we were previewing it, I think I thought that it was the final Muta bye-bye. but it was You the did, and I had to remind you that it was not. Is the great Muta final singles match bye-bye. Correct. Right. This fucking guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what, though? Here, I'm going to tell you something. It's drawing. People are buying it. 9,500 in Budokan yeah. for the Nakamura match. 8,500 in Yokohama for this. And the and the rest, and the uh, Tokyo Dome is going to draw, too. So the Muda Goodbye Tour is absolutely a business success. The problem for Noah right now is if you look at their Corrigans and you look at their, you know, run-of-the-mill house show business. Yeah, the non-bye-bye, the non-bye-bye shows. And it's not good. I mean, it's, it's it's you know, the next night, well, not the next night, the next uh, one week after the Nakamura match, you know, they go to Corrigan Hall and granted – they didn't have any kind of big singles match or any title match, but 570 people in Cork and Hall. I mean, they're getting outdrawn by like zero one. Um, you know, and you look, I think they ran two shows that day, and the second show, again, without a big time main event or anything, you know, they drew five hundred and then they drew six hundred. Hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Um, and those have been the only two Corkins, I think. Yeah, in 2023. But that was the same trend at the end of 2022 as well. Okay, so the the rank and file shows, I mean, they're still running like Shinjuku face and drawing 300 people for some of their shows. 
So these Muda shows are drawn big, but the, the retirement shows, but they're struggling elsewhere. And that's a major concern because when Muta finally does say bye-bye after this Tokyo Dome show, um, that's it. You know, and then, then we see where the rubber meets the road with Kiyomiya and and all of these guys, because unfortunately it looks like they're going to be in the same place they were before the Muto retirement tour. And um, that's a scary proposition for them, I think. So, and it's too late to get somebody hot now. You had your chance to do that. And I understand Muto is never going to play ball and truly put over a guy like Kiyomiya. He's just not going to do it. And we don't need to relitigate it. He just isn't going to do it. And he didn't do it. Um, you know, so it's going to be real interesting what happens with Noah and their business after Muta or Muto. Because Muta did have his, when Muta, when Muto, Jesus fucking Christ, go away, finally has his last match in that dome. So, um, but yeah, these shows are drawn big. This show I didn't think was as good as the Wrestle Kingdom show. Um, so you did you watch the whole show? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to run it down real quick? Thing I I only saw the main event, like I said. So. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much to run down. There was nothing that really stood out. It was Hajime O'Hara and Hiroki versus Atsushi Katoge and uh, Sieki Yoshioka in the opener, and it was just it was just there, a little two and a half star match. And then they did the first ever women's match in Noah history, Jungle Kiona, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce. Her partner's name An- Anoy. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce Sayori and Anoy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm sorry. I've never seen her wrestle. I don't know how to pronounce her name. And uh, it was Maya y- Yukihi and Natsu Samire, two other people I've never seen wrestle. It was fine. I mean, didn't make any impression on me. Um, Timothy Thatcher, Masaki Mochizuki. It's pretty good, you know. And and Mochizuki. I mean, we talked about this match a little bit on our match of the year audio. Um, it's amazing. That, you know, he could still pretty much go at the same level at 53 years old. And, you know, Thatcher is going to come to AEW next week and wrestle Brian Danielson, which is a very interesting match. And uh, they showed footage from this match on Dynamite this week. This was the match. And, it, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, Six-man tag, Alejandro's Junta Miyawaki and uh, yes, uh, and Yano, Yasutaka Yano, the young boy that we just talked about. The other one, not the green as grass young boy. And really, Yano has been around two, three years now. I don't even know if I should be calling him a young boy. Against uh, Eita, Nasawa, Rangai, and Yoshinori Ogawa. And, um, you know, they did a fucking bullshit finish. And it was just as grimy as it sounds. And really nothing worth going out of your way. Now, the good-looking guys, Rich. How about these good-looking guys? You like the good-looking guys? guys, (laughs) That is one of the weirdest names of a stable I've ever, uh, but they're, they're good looking guys. They're not wild and crazy yeah. guys. They're good looking guys. So uh, it is what they are. They're good looking guys. I mean, uh, I can't deny that is Jake you know, a good Jack- looking guy. I don't know. I, I don't know what uh good looking guys look like. I got Jack Morris is a, a, objectively a good looking guy. Jack Morris, is a good looking guy, Anthony green. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. But his gimmick is he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And Jake, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about Jake. You know, Anthony Green is the retrosexual. Right, right, that's right, his whole right, deal. Right, right. You know, Jake Lee. I mean, <laughs> he's kind of. I'll ask the I'll ask the nurse one of these days what she thinks of of, of Jake Lee if she if he belongs in the good looking guys. I'm positive, objectively, Jack Morris is a good looking guy, right? Yeah, good looking guy. He's, he's looking like guy. a classically good looking dude. Yeah, good looking guy. I mean. Uh, Rich, it really sounds like you like Jack Morris. I, 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 I mean, think, I mean, he he works. Uh, Jake, I no judgment. Know. 
No judgment if <laughs> you're into the Jack Morris. Hey, hey okay. gotta call it like you see it. You know what I mean? You're going a little heavy-handed on the Jack Morris here. <laughs> I, I agree. He's a good-looking guy. Good abs. Good abs. You see those abs, Joe? <laughs> you're really emphasizing how good-looking this Jack Morris is. I mean, yeah. I think you might be into the Jack Morris. And then Jake Lee, I don't know. Like, I, again, maybe if you squint, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Got the chubby cheeks. Maybe you like the chubby <laughs> the cheeks. chubby cheeks. So, uh. We got the good-looking guys, and they got a big win here over Daike Inaba, Masakitamiya, and Yoshiki Inamura. A couple beefy boys on that team. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Rich. Do not go out of your way. For oh, Kazuki my God. Sakuraba. I see this, and dear God, you couldn't pay me to watch this match. <laughs> and Hideki Suzuki and the martial arts rules. Um, it's exactly – picture it in your head. Yeah, okay. Boring as fuck. Boring as fuck just boring lifeless um you know suzuki boring. Respects <laughs> did i mention boring <laughs> suzuki respects sakuraba so he, you know he did he was willing to you know do the job here mm-hmm. but um boring as shit i mean just an awful match um hamakusa ninja mac and ultimo dragon who was accompanied by sunny ono by the way rich they I saw they did, they, they did their own. selfie thing. They did their uh, disposable camera selfie. The, the, the inventor of the selfie, Sonny Ono. I saw him do that. That was cool. I enjoyed that. So he claims. That's right. Um, Dante Leon, KZ, and Yohei. Uh, KZ and Yohei did a little dance routine, and Dante Leon like, was like, he shoulder shrugged and joined in. So they had a, some wacky antics before the match started. If you ever wanted to see Dante Leon uh, dance with KZ, Rich, this was your chance. Um, so, you know, all these matches were basically what you would have expected on paper is basically what this card was. It just uh, wasn't quite as good as the, I thought the wrestle kingdom show had more energy, more effort and more. oomph. Everybody worked a little harder, worked a little stiffer and it was just a better show from top to bottom. And then the only other match here was uh, Kato Kiyomiya, Kojima and Segura, who were of course the tag champs and uh, El Hio del Dr. Wagner jr. And uh, they took on Congo um, with, uh, in this case, Masakatsu Funaki, Manabu Soya, Kano, and Nakajima. So, um, and then, then it was the main event. Um, it's if I, I can't recommend really anything except other than if you want to watch the main event for, you know, the spectacle of it. And, yeah, and you, the, you should. I mean, you really should. I mean, it's not, it, yeah. it wasn't a great match, but it was a good spectacle and the crowd was hot. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I think you should watch this. I, I, I think it's 22 minutes. I thought it went by quicker than I thought and ultimately pretty inoffensive. Uh, I would have loved for Akushi to be able to, to, to hit the, because they had an idea in their head that like Akushi was going to hit the, uh, you know, the rope walk and then he was going to get the mist or whatever, but then he fell down and then time kind of stopped for a minute and then Muda just sprayed him in the face and then you know that was it but um i don't know i think you should watch it i i I think you should yeah i mean yeah i think the listeners to this show would find interest in it in 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 that particular match the rest of the show though i can't recommend anything honestly whereas the wrestle kingdom in yokohama i mean shit i would say just watch the whole thing yeah hit play and just watch it yeah just just hit play and watch it especially if you're not familiar with noah this could be the best way to become familiar with that roster in quick amount yeah, of time. you're gonna see them working as hard as they possibly work, and you, you might even like the top two more than I did, maybe even more than Rich did. Certainly more than I did because I I feel like I'm the low man on Shingo and Nakajima, but um, the, but even that match was good. I mean, everything on the show was, and that opener. I'm sorry, I I I love that fucking dark match opener with the young boys. 
that's a match where I would say I would tell the listeners go out of your way to watch that. So, um, well, unfortunately, else in Japan, it, I guess. Yeah, well, if you did see the end of the uh, the Great Muta Bye Bye uh, thing where they they did the press conference with our, uh, Darby and and Sting and Great Muta. Uh, Muto arrived at the press conference in a wheelchair uh, being pushed by Darby oh Allen, which is not great. So hopefully uh, the February 21st KG Muto finally final bye-bye in the Tokyo Dome. Hopefully is his final bye-bye because, yeah, post-match, if you have to be dragged around backstage uh, in a wheelchair, it might be time uh, to hang it up. But that's going to be February 21st uh, at the Tokyo Dome. We now know our main event, KG Muto's final match. It'll be KG Muto versus Tetsuya Naito will be the main event of Keiji Muto's final bye-bye. Uh, also on that show, you have Okada versus Kaito Kiyomiya and uh, some pretty other pretty fun stuff. I mean, I think those are the two highlights there is Muto versus Naito, uh, Okada versus Kiyomiya. Those got some real juice to them. I can't wait them. for Okada Kiyomiya. That's going to fucking rock. Yeah, and that, what, yeah. What, what we didn't really get into a ton of detail about Okada at that. It's like Okada is Okada at this point. Like, I like him. You like him. You know, He's he's great. He's just great at being Okada. But this was cool because it was a different Okada than we've had in a lot of years. He hasn't been angry in a while. He's been he's he's been exactly what Naito was saying and what Naito got pissed about all those years ago is he's like the teacher's pet and he's just dominates. You know what I mean? It's like he's the one that the company wants to be the top guy. And look at him. He's the top guy. And like he's tried to kind of manufacture stories out of like, ah, I'm trying to get the money clip over and it's not quite over or uh, I'm having a mental breakdown here. I have balloons and I'm wearing pants now or whatever. And like he's trying to kind of manufacture those stories and, they, and he's done okay with some of them and, and some of them have been fine. But this was like, all right, here we go. This is a whole new Okada where he saw that blood and was just like, fuck you, dude. I'm going to beat the living shit out of you. And we haven't seen angry Okada in a very, very, very long time. So I'm excited for him to hit the ring here and be angry. And and, and yeah, that, that one, two punch is going to be great. Uh, Naito and, and, and Muda, Okada and Kiyomiya. I mean, the Muda thing is it's going to be it So for him. So like, there's going to be some, well, hopefully, Jesus Christ, hopefully. Um, so there's going to be some intrigue in that. And then, but, but really for me, Okada and Kiyomiya is like my match of the night that I'm looking forward to more than anything because uh, that's going to be really, really good. And, and uh, I mean, otherwise, I mean, there's some fun names on the show. They're, they they got some people from here and there and it's a, it's more Noah than it is New Japan. Run but, it down. Yeah. So you got, um, you got Masakitamiya, uh, Inaba versus Inamura and Yano uh, in your opener. Uh, you got a Joshi uh, six-woman match here. Six, or is it uh, is it more than that? No, sorry, eight. Eight. Um, I don't even know who after this. So you got Yamashita, uh, Yuka Sakazaki. I think one of your favorites, Joe, Yuka Sakazaki. You, you miss her in AEW? Oh, the, ma- oh, 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 the magical girl. Yeah, the wait. magical girl. Yeah, you can, you can, you can, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whatever, you can get excited again. Uh, Rika Tsutsumi uh, and Shoko Nakajima versus Mizuki, Maki Ito. Oh, another one of your favorites, Maki Ito, uh, Miyu Watanabe, oh, and Yuki Arai uh, are your... Uh... The magical girl the magical girl, <laughs> and Maki Ito in the same match. And the, and the idol. You love the idol and you love the magical girl. You can't wait. I will never fast forward a match faster in my life <laughs> than I will fast forward through that. Uh, Takashi Sakura and Satoshi Kojima and Timothy Thatcher. Love love that trio there. Uh, versus the good looking guys. You have three not looking good looking guys versus three good looking guys. Uh, Jake three Lee. ugly mo- three <laughs> ugly <laughs> motherfuckers. Right. I love that's great booking. Whoever put that together, it's Timothy Thatcher. He's missing half his teeth. Satoshi Kojima yeah. is like. Not an ugly guy, but not a good looking dude either. You know what I mean? He's kind of just he's yeah. pudgy. And he's got his, you know, the the 
it's just it's Satoshi Kojima. You know what I mean? He's ripping cigs right before the match. And then Takashi Sakura, who's just like has never gotten more than four hours of sleep in his entire life against the right. good looking guys, Jake Lee, Jack Morris. Uh, and Anthony Green. I think I think Segura can pull some girls. He he's got that. Oh, he's got that energy. He, no, what, what what he does is he doesn't pay any attention to them, and then it infuriates them, and then he takes them all home. Maybe he negs them. Right, he's sitting at the bar. They're like, oh hey, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah. but that that energy. Some people can can yeah. fry off that energy, and I, I, I'm sure he. When he needs to seal the deal, I, I think Takashi Segura still can because because I do think he's not like an ugly dude, but he no. He's 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 got a, a slick look to him. Right, his right, hair is right. always done nicely, yeah. and he's you know he's got a decent face. And he's, he's mysterious. Obviously- he's kind of like what what what's that guy's deal? Like what's what you know? He's by himself, just sitting there sipping on you know some sake or whatever. It's like what's that guy's deal? And you want to find you out. Like, and if you like older guys, he's in tremendous shape for an older guy. You know, like some women like those guys, like in their that's the sweet spot, like in their early fifties. Some women really dig that, you know, and. You know, he obviously for a man that age is in great shape and takes care of himself. I could, yeah, I would. But again, this really is like the rough looking guys versus the good looking guys. Yeah, it's great. It's great. That's, yeah. Uh, Eita, Daga, Ogawa, Hayata, and Chris Chris Ridgeway versus Atoshi Katoge, Yohei, uh, Yoshioka, Alejandro, uh, and Junta Miyawaka, as we said. So there you go. Daga, the te- the the Tessa Blanchard man. I guess, yeah, <laughs> there he is. Well, used to be. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say formerly. Uh, um, that was that's one of the, the annoying social media things is these two airing out all their fucking dirty laundry, sniping at one another, doing all this sort of stuff, so and gross. then but then Daga sends the like respect our privacy, like we're going through our things. We've decided to yeah. like, like well then you motherfucker were telling everybody. Like I had no idea. I had yeah. I went to bed not knowing anything about your relationship. I don't care about your relationship. I don't care if you broke up. I don't care if you got married. I don't care if you were expecting children. I knew nothing about the Daga Tessa Blanchard relationship until you guys were sniping at each other in social media. You were not then allowed to say respect our privacy during this time. You know how you no. can do that? Just don't scream about it on social media. Don't air your dirty laundry, how man. About, like, how about don't tweet that she cheated on you? Right. Let's start there. <laughs> right. We don't need to know. I would love to respect your privacy. Daga, <laughs> yeah, trust me. You did this. Daga and Tessa Blanchard. I would love nothing more than respect your privacy and know <laughs> nothing about your relationship. But God, it's annoying. Um. So this is a lot of DDT people here, right? I don't even know if I know half these people. I'm not even looking at it. Where are you looking? Uh, this is so you got the Shun Sky. It's it's right underneath the Shun Skywalker Kai Diamante versus Marufuji, uh, Hio Del Wagner Jr. and Ninja Mac. Uh, it's got Mao in there. It's got Ueno, uh, Endo. I yeah, I don't even know half these dudes. I, I don't watch DDT, so it's like DDT offer match. Right? I don't know. That. Sure. <laughs> Great. There's enough. There's enough Japanese wrestling to watch. I, I know the big names, but uh, yeah, I don't know half these dudes. So sorry. Uh, Going to move on. Shun Skywalker appearing here. Uh, Kai and Diamante, as I said, against Marufuji, uh, Hio Del Wagner Jr. and Ninja Mac. Uh, and then you have Gato and Taiji Ishimori versus Nasawa Rangai and Mazada. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That is the Ugh. hepatitis hepatitis B offer match. Ugh. Yuck. 
I just caught the drip just reading those names. <laughs> they should put Nosawa in, the, in that. Uh, he should be in that match against versus the good-looking guys. Another guy who's like gross, but then pulls some some top-tier women. Nosawa run guy. Io, Io, Io Shirai, right? Yeah, right. That's the all-timer where people are like, no way, really? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> They like the bad boys. Uh, Kento Miyahara. Yes, Kento Miyahara. But if you're thinking, oh, man, well, Kento Miyahara and Noah, what are you going to do here? You got to be a little careful who you're going to book him against. No, you're going to put him against. It's Kento Miyahara, Suwama, and Yumo Aoyagi versus Kongo, Kano, Nakajima, and Manabu Soya. Holy shit. How are they putting them in the same ring? I don't know. So do you want to give people some background on why these two humans – usually aren't in the ring together? Sure. Kento Miyahara and Katsuhiko Nakajima hate each other's fucking guts. Yes. There's your background. There you go. <laughs> so, how are, Especially how that are, guy who is so prone to like taking liberties and hitting people. And so, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be very, very weird. Maybe they had a, 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 uh, a, a moment. Or maybe down. they're just going to kick the living shit out of each other. That's fine, too. I'm, I'm, I'm good with either of those. Maybe Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto sat them down and said, now listen, boys, this is stupid, right? Who knows? But um, maybe it's just lore and they don't hate each other anymore. Right. I don't know the answer. But I just hope they beat the living shit out of each other personally. I kind of hope that. that I'm... They, should, they should certainly play it up, if nothing else. I mean, that's the move, right? I, I love you your idea of, of Sasaki and Hokuto saying, do it for Diamond <laughs> Ring, all right? Come on, guys. Like, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the legacy of Diamond Ring depends on it. Just get in the ring there and, yes. and, and just be okay with each other. So, yes, <laughs> so that was, um, Kensuke Office. Yeah, Kensuke right? Office slash Diamond Ring. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I don't like that they changed the name. I liked Kensuke Office. Yeah, Kensuke That's Office such a, is solid. Yeah, it's just so not. It's like clinical. You know, clinical. Yeah, because you're, 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 it's it's that guy. So you're like, all right, what do you want to call this thing? And yeah. he's like, I don't know, Kitsuke Office. And they're like, all right, we'll come up with a different name tomorrow, and then we'll go with it. And he's just like, nah, it's Kitsuke Office. I don't care. <laughs> I used to really dig those little shows. I I they're really fun. enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of those are still available? Are they are they still readily? I could probably dig them up somewhere on yeah, some grungy I don't, site I don't see that'll destroy your computer. Anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kitsuke Office. <laughs> Time ring. All right, and then uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Amakusa, uh, as you said, that's your other singles. I'm match. circling that one. Yeah, I'm circling <laughs> that one. I, you know, I think Amakusa, uh, the way that he's looked lately, you know, and he might want to prove himself there and everything. He's in a high profile match. He's third from the top, so um, I think that has a chance to be real good. This is an interesting card. I think a lot of it, you know. You've got a lot of people from a lot of different promotions who know they're going to have more eyes on them than they normally do, and I right. think everybody's going to work real hard. Yeah, it's in the Tokyo Dome, and there's obviously going to be you're in that building. You know, what I mean, there's going to feel like something like, and you're going to be there's going to be people from all other companies. You got Dragon Gate representatives, All Japan representatives, Noah representatives. You know, there's there's going to be enough juice in this card, I think, to make it pretty good. You know, you, you got DDT in there, you got Tokyo Joshi Pro, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, which is is definitely pretty cool. But that's February 21st, so plenty of time. Uh, until we are there but uh, real quickly um announced this week as well collaboration in japan is 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 all the rage uh this week because uh, spearheaded by hiromu takahashi uh, on march 1st 2023 there will be a special event called all-star junior festival with over 20 different promotions coming together for the event 2aw 666 all japan big japan cmll ddt Tradition, Dragon Gate, Ganbare, 
Gleet, Just Tap Out, Kuyushu, or, or uh, uh, Michinoku Pro. Kyushu Pro, yeah. Kyushu Pro, Pro, we talked about them last week. Uh, New Japan, oh, Michinoku Pro, if I did not say them. New Japan, Osaka Pro, Pancrase Mission, uh, Basara Freedoms, Noah Secret Base, Secret Base uh, showing up, Zero One, and our, uh, our favorite, right? Could you say arguably our favorite? Ryuku Dragon Pro Wrestling. Mike Spears' yeah, favorite I'm, for sure. Well, he, he a little dingo. Dingo might work this show in yeah. that case if, if Ryuku Dragon is there. Um, yeah, so you got like 20 promotions here. It's going to be some kind of wacky junior festival. Um, sounds like a fun idea on paper. You know, all the major promotions are there. Um, you got to be real scummy not to make this list. <laughs> yeah. So a ten room project uh, unfortunately didn't get the call. Uh, there was a few I, people were kind of pointing out and, and trying to figure out the few that didn't get the call here because yeah, if you're calling secret base and you're not calling you know whatever your promotion is that that's not great. But Colega, uh, oh Colega, yeah, well, which means you know what that means. No Andy Wu. Damn it, it's you're unfortunate. Right. That is unfortunate because if there if there's a junior showcase, Andy Wu needs to be on that, but. I agree. Maybe he could represent one of these other dirtbag promotions. <laughs> right. Where else? Things. Where else does he wrestle? He's got to wrestle some of these other ones, right? I can't believe Secret Base got in the mix. <laughs> Secret Base. I there's love more. It. Prom- there's more promotions involved with this show than fans that go to Secret Base shows. Yes. Yes. Lands End. Secret- Lands End didn't get the, uh, the get the Land, call this no year, Land unfortunately. End. Yeah. Um, you know, Secret Base. For people who don't know. It's a lot of former Toriyaman graduates that just weren't good enough or or politicked their way out of Dragon Gate and some of these other promotions. And they they run shows that never make tape. And the photographs, they take them <laughs> at super, super tight angles because there's literally never any fans there. So you never even see what would be the crowd because there's nobody goes like it's called secret base, but like, that's also like double meaning in an inside. Cause these shows are like a secret because no one goes to them. They don't air. Yeah, they don't hit. There, there was a recent video I saw of them that posted on, uh, on YouTube. Cause of course I subscribe to, uh, at secret base. 2011 of course, well, of course 700, you do. 770 of course. subscribers by the way it's, come, yeah. it's been around for a decade <laughs> 700 subscribers and like you said it's a, it's a super tight shot it's low to the ground there is one row of people yeah and you don't see the other wall who knows who's at the other wall i'm sure there's a hundred people in the in the in, in the in the stands uh at the other wall but yeah you see one wall and you see i don't know maybe 15 people at the show max no you talk to English language secret base expert Mike Spears, he'll tell you they don't draw 20 fans. <laughs> they don't like that. Nobody goes to these fucking shows. I don't know how they're funded. I don't know how these guys get paid. I don't know whether or not they get paid, but they're going to be at the all star junior festival, baby. So uh, we'll have to see who they send. But uh When's that shit? March that 1st. That is coming up. March 1st. Yeah, March 1st. I cannot yeah. wait. I I love some of these. Like like going back and watching old, you know, Super J Cups and stuff like that. I love it. I it's just the best. I, I there's something about that. I just love like top level juniors gonna be in there with, you know, the scummiest, like shittiest dudes ever. But hey, you know yeah. what? 
That's the charm. That's the charm of Japanese wrestling that you just do not get. You would never get this in America. You know what I mean? Like you're never, ever, ever going to get this in America. You know, speaking of scummy, I believe we both watched the uh, big, big Japan. Yeah. Strong title main event from the uh, their show on the second, their New Year's show. I think I have finally seen at least the main event off of every New Year's week show of notes with the exception of any of the Joshi, which I do not watch. But all of the others, I've seen at least the main event of all the New Year's shows, including this one. This was Yuji Okabayashi versus Hideyoshi Kamatani, two mainstays from the promotion. Kamatani is also the deathmatch champion. So he was going, uh, he was attempting to be the uh, double champion here because, as people know, Big Japan with the two different divisions. Um, I thought this fucking kicked ass. Yeah. And right now, this is like my second or third favorite match of the early year. Um, all I'll say about it, and then I'll let you talk about it, is within 90 seconds, you had a chop to the throat. And then later on, you had a defiant one count kick out. And in between was nothing but meat slapping Big Japan strong division action. I loved it. So, and 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 the other thing I'll say is, I watched about four or five Big Japan matches last year, all main events. And I've watched two of their main events this year. The one thing about Big Japan, their main events with the right people in them always land. I can't say that. The hit rate is very good. The problem is, you know, it's Big Japan and you couldn't pay me to sit through the whole show. And I don't really typically like the deathmatch stuff. But what did you think of Okabayashi retaining his title against Kamatani? I loved it. Yeah, it, it just, uh, like you said, bowling balls. Like they were just... They, Okabayashi was bouncing off the ropes and just had no idea where he was going to go. He was just going to throw his body into Kamatani and just figure out what's going to happen later. But like you said, chops to the throat, big time chops back and forth, just dudes barreling into each other, shoulder blocks, one kick out. Like, again, we, we talked about this with Zero One uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and, and, and we've discussed this a lot. But like this sort of match, you used to be able to find like this kind of match. I don't know on a monthly basis in Japan, like you would just be able to watch a big Japan strong or a zero one, whenever it may tape or a few other places would just have matches like this all the time. Less and less you're getting these types of matches where these two just behemoths get in there and they just beat the living hell out of each other for 30 minutes. And we got it here. And I thought it was good. And Kamatani is a guy that I was, you know, you and I were both very, very high on like, God, six, seven years ago, we thought like, holy shit, this guy is going to be something. This is going to be the dude. And ultimately, you know, he, He's only 30, I think, now. He's still very young, but he's not that. You know, he, he's good. I like him a lot, but he's not like he's not going to be any sort of game changer or anything like that. He's going to do nothing for Japan business, and he's done nothing for, for big Japan business. But when you see him in a role like this, you're like, yeah, all right. He, he can fit into that strong division. And, and, and if that strong division was better or there were more people that could wrestle that style, they might have something in big Japan in that strong division because Okabayashi can still go. He's still as good as he's always been. Kamatani is good at that style. Daisuke Sakamoto, we've talked about, is pretty washed at this point. He can't really do that anymore, and that's fine. But then there hasn't really been that next wave of guys that have, have come in and replaced those dudes. And, and that's what kind of sucks about it because you do get matches like this, and you're like, hell yeah, what a great style. Like, we need more of this in, 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 in you know, our Japanese wrestling right now. And, and we just don't get it. And ultimately, like, you watch this, and you're like, yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. But yeah, it, it, it's rarely ever followed up on, and there's just not enough of these stars of styles. But yeah, I, I love this match, man. 30 minutes of just two bowling balls just going at it and just beating the living hell out of each other. And Okabayashi ultimately gets the win. Uh, and then they do, you know, the, the handshake of respect because they just got done whooping each other's asses and a little bit of handshake or whatever and moved on. And, and I love it. Yeah, that's just classic 
to me, the stuff I used to love about Japanese wrestling, one of the big reasons why I got into Japanese wrestling was, was, was matches like this. I went four and a half on it. So, That's totally fair. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah, and then I watched uh, Kamatani defend the deathmatch title against Ryuji Ito. Yeah, I wish I had not watched that, but, you know, hey. That was from two days later, I think, in a smaller First building. ring. That was in first ring. Um, that was in first ring, yeah. I went notebook on that, too. Really? Yeah, I and I, and I don't. Even, I'm not even a. Is that your first guy. Ito notebook match ever? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think a couple years ago, um, I'd have to look it up, and we don't have time now. But I, I, I actually do. I think the answer to that is no. Um, every now and then, one of these death matches will land with me, you know. And um, this one did. I didn't think it was good as the Okabayashi match. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Um, oh, the Okabayashi match was like you know, tiptoe into the line of match of the year contender. Didn't quite get there, but you know, I had it at four and a half. This one I'd put, you know, at four, maybe four and a quarter if I'm feeling generous, but I thought there was a good structure to it. And, you know, in between the, 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 the spots on the glass and everything that um, there was a, there was a, a nice story to the match as well. It wasn't just gratuitous, which, you know, sometimes you get that and that's not for me. I don't get off on guys just maiming each other, but that's not really what this was. No, th- this was they were doing a wrestling match and just happened to be doing moves into two. Yeah, basically. into piles of glass. Right, and, right. It's yeah, like, you know, right. they were going to do a Northern Lights bomb, but it was just going to be into a pile of glass or whatever, as opposed to, you know, just hitting each other with shit or, or you know, carving each other's foreheads out with, you know, a, a knife or something. There was none of that. It was just like hit each other with some stuff, but mostly like do a wrestling match, but just have most of the matches or most of the moves landing up a big pile of glass basically yeah so um you know i thought both of the big japan main events of uh of the new year's week really landed and um yeah so i will keep an eye on it and at minimum their main events their tag tournament is still happening no there's no way yes it is how yeah hold on let me check the other day (laughs) oh when i checked yeah it started in september it's okay (laughs) hold on the on the 29th isn't it called 2022 isn't it the okay the, okay listen yes it is psych you league uh, whatever it's called on the 29th in nagoya they're having the block a decision <laughs> i would hope good god between the astronauts fuminari abe and takuya namura yeah i'm listening and yankee tukenju asami kodaka and yuko miyamoto okay. so that could be a really that, good match sounds, will, i'm in i'm in i'm listening yeah it's on Nico Nico, so it'll probably pop up somewhere. Um, I will watch that match if I can get a hold of it. That's on the 29th. Um, they just had today, in fact, league matches in Cork and Hall. It drew 271 fans. They can't fans. keep getting away with this. Like, they can't. So the main event was a block A match. Hiroyuki Suzuki and Takuho Kato defeated Andy Wu and Yasufumi Nakanoe. That you know why it's still going on? That was the only league match on the show. They do like <laughs> one match per show. <laughs> Guys. Um you gotta go. You gotta finish this thing. So yeah, and on the previous court and the previous Tokyo show, not Cork, and this was in some music hall. They had one block B match as well. They do like one match per show. But anyway, on the 29th, they're having the block A decision match. 
I do not see anywhere. Okay, here we go. So on the on February eighth, oh no, <laughs> in the first ring. This is confusing. It says tag league semifinal matches. Oh, okay, here it is. Okay, this is it. The semifinals are on the eighth. It's Masashi Takeda and Takumi Sukamoto versus the Block A winner. The two, <laughs> the other match I told you about. So Block B has been decided. When we don't know, but. Uh, so it's it's Takeda and Sukamoto versus either Yankee Tukenju or Astronauts for one semi. The other semifinals decided. It's Abdullah Kobayashi and Daiju Wakamatsu versus Hiroyuki Suzuki and Takuho Kato. So those are your two semifinals in Shinba first ring on February 8th. I do not know if the final is also on that show. <laughs> right. I would assume no. Given how the rest of this thing has gone, I, uh, I'm assuming no. But but we're hitting the home stretch. The point <laughs> we could see the end. <laughs> There's light at the end of the tunnel. And this thing might be wrapping up very shortly. It should end either on February 8th or sometime shortly in February for a tournament that started in September. So... <laughs> That has 2022 in the dates, and it's still going on. Yeah, deep into uh, into this the year. This is the 2022 tag league, and it, it's <laughs> right. going to end late two February. months in 2023. So I don't know. Got to respect it's, it. Uh, uh, Got to respect. Hey, it's 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 Japanese wrestling, and sometimes did I tell you, I watched I watched a match that was sitting in my queue all year from September when the tournament started with Astro. Because I always watch astronauts yeah, yeah, make yeah. tape. So I was sitting in my queue. I finally watched it in December, and it was from January, and it was like the their opening match of the tournament. And then after I watched the match, I said, "Ah, let me see who won this tournament." And that's when I discovered that the <laughs> tournament was still happening. We're still in the thick of it. Yeah, it, it, it was mind blowing, and it is still going today. So this will be a what um, five or six month tournament. <laughs> and if you look at the table. There's like 12 teams in each block. Like, how can Big Japan pay all of these people? They're all like outsiders, too. It's like, it's, it's some tournament. Let me tell you. Seems like a bad investment. Uh, if I was a, a company that needed to raise money to get a bus to, to get to our shows, I, I don't know if I do this, but you know what? I'm not booking Big Japan. So they run a lot. They do. I don't know if you. I mean, they run like almost well because I was looking at like I was like, ah, you know what? Let me let me see the dates on the Sokobayashi uh, Kamatani match so I could find it. And I was like, what show is this on? Because they've ran like seven shows since that show. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. It was on the, the second or whatever. And a lot of these other companies, it's not that hard to find. Like zero one is not that hard to find like what, what show it is. But yeah, they've run like six or seven times since the fourth, which is, is I don't know. seems yeah. like a lot for big Japan, but no, they run a lot and they only draw a couple hundred fans to each show. Um, someone in the chat makes a good point. This tournament is the same length as the NFL season. <laughs> September to February. Is that what yeah. they were going for, baby? Maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, maybe, maybe say, maybe Saikayu means NFL. Yeah. In Japanese. Right, right. Um, so how much time do we have any more time in the show? Uh, we really don't, but if you want to talk about something, we're a little over, but we're not enough over. You want to talk about your Basara or your freedoms? Feel free. Go ahead. No, I don't want to talk about Basara or freedoms. What I wanted to do though, was put over CMLL, but we could push it to next week. If you don't think there's time, um, because we're CMLL over how much, uh, how, how much praise do you want to give CMLL? And I have not watched ah, it yet. So let's push it to next. Week. You want me to catch up? I'll, I'll have time to catch up by next week. You know what? Because I'm going to tell you, you really should go out of your way 
at minimum to watch Rocky Romero yeah. versus Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. versus Templario. Okay, I will. Okay? I'll do that. That match is on the 6th, and Rocky versus Volador is on the 20th. And if you really want to get cute, you can watch the show from the 13th because that's when they shoot the angle. If you watch the main event of the 13th, it's Averno and Mystico versus Rocky Romero and Volador Jr., okay? And that's the main event. It's Arena Mexico, obviously. That's where they run the angle to set up Rocky versus Volador. So if you can find that, you should maybe, if you want, you can watch that too. And there's a um, really good match on that show too between uh, Dolce Gardenia and Virus, which I watched as well. And Hechicero versus Euphoria. I, I'm telling you, let's save it for next week. Okay, all right, all right, all right. CMLL, watch those two matches and then dip your toes in the other shit that you think looks interesting. Okay? And then we can both participate. Sounds perfect. Yeah, let, let, let's do that. I'm, I'm excited because yeah, I've, I've heard some good stuff uh, about CMLL this year, especially that Rocky match. People have, A lot of people have told me, you, go out of your way to watch it. Make sure you watch it. So yeah, we'll definitely... This yeah, week was tough. So good stuff with the yeah. match of the year, but but next week I should have time to watch. Uh, Arena Mexico has been hot. The okay, crowd's good. been hot. Cool. They've been filled. And really, CMLL since the summer has been really good. And it really is just now starting to get outside of your lucha circles where other types of fans are taking a little bit of notice. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I've been following since the summer, and it's, it, you know, the, the Arena Mexico stuff is always hot, but. Th- Everything so far in January, like every show has like something notable on it. It's really been a lot of fun. And I spent the last week, week and a half just crash watching all of it. And um, at minimum, though, try to to get at least those two matches. in. if you go to our Lucha room on our discord, you'll find all the links. And there's even some uploads of some of the matches that might not necessarily be on the CMLL YouTube page. You'll figure it out. Just Mm -hmm. just. Go watch that stuff, and we'll talk about it next week. Sounds perfect. So that uh, that is it for us uh, this week. I do want to let you know that match of the year, Voice of Wrestling match of the year, by the time most of you guys listen to this, the top 10 will be live. But if you're listening... a little early or you know you're a patreon subscriber well you can go right now we have a top 10 reveal uh, up at flagshippatreon.com and even when you know the top 10 is out and even when it's out we do like two hours breaking down our ballots so joe and i both give our ballots we also analyze the match of the year we talk about how we set a bunch of new records we brag about how good the list is uh we brag about how awesome it is that we have a ton of voters and stuff but no we really analyze the 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 countdown through and through. We analyze the top 10. We talk about our ballots. So I think even if you know, it's not like the show isn't just literally us going over the top 10 and then it's over. Like it's two hours of us analyzing everything about the match of the year countdown. So I would definitely highly recommend checking that episode out uh, at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, that is available at the $5 tier. But um, yeah, that's it. That'll be up for you at voiceswrestling.com so you could see the top 10, uh, see where everybody finished, and 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 ultimately just check out Match of the Year. And if there's some matches that you're looking at and you've never seen before or look interesting or, you know, hey, it's it's a great... What we always say about it is it's 370 matches, but for somebody somewhere in the world, every single match listed was one of their best matches of the entire year. It was one of their top 10 matches of the entire year. So you're looking at a, a just a, an insane number of great, great wrestling matches at your disposal right there. So uh, make sure you go check that out at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And then, Joe, uh, you mentioned the Discord as well, VoiceWrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join the conversation. Uh, and when you're done subscribing to this secret-based YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to the Voice of Wrestling YouTube channel as well. We have a few more subscribers in secret base 
Uh, we're looking to continue to grow that. So make sure you just uh, look up for Voice of Wrestling on YouTube. Trying to grow that channel little by little over over the year. Uh, it is doing well, and uh, we'll continue to populate it with a bunch of clips and other things like that. So that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself... How many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.